Welcome to the Lost Lowdown Podcast 155 with your hosts, Claude and Justin. What's up, guys? We are back, and we are celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the Lost Lowdown Podcast. Woo! Oh, my goodness. Yeah! 10 years of this stuff. My how time flies when you're on the island. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, um, so, yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's it's really amazing to have gotten this far and still not be done. Um, it seems like only yesterday that I heard Last Cast going over the Blastor map and uh-huh. we said, uh-huh. hey... What if we tried to do a podcast about Lost? Well, I mean, if we're, you know, if we're retelling the story, it wasn't that. We said, let's go back to you said. I want to blame you for this. Me? Why is it my fault? Because no, you were like, you... hey, I heard a lot. I heard a, a podcast about Lost. There's this thing called podcasting. And you talk about stuff. And there's one a yeah. lot that it's pretty good. We should do that. And also, we talk about stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We talk about stuff. So if we talk about stuff and record it, that's called a podcast. Yeah, and I was like, you crazy kid. Podcasting will never go anywhere. (laughs) But you had a gleam in your eye. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought, well, let's just give that cat a shot. I believed in a simple dream. Simple dream that two men <laughs> could record their voices <laughs> as they discuss endlessly. And yeah, uh, and people would listen to countless hours. And mm-hmm. by countless, it's been counted. So you kid the not, hours that were actually counted. It's not really, it's not really accurate, but you mean they would listen to counted hours? Very specifically counted hours. And actually tallied, tallied hours even. Yes, counted and tallied yeah. and summed. Storied, perhaps? Computed and stored and storied. Stored and storied. (laughs) (laughs) This tale is old as time. So grand. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, man. No, I, I, I do. It does really feel like, you know, honestly, it feels like maybe five years ago we had that conversation you know, yeah. um, that it was just like, cool, yeah, let's try that. And just the the um, enormous surprise from, like, two guys not able to really finish things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I say that as we both finish things in our lives, but, uh, you know, <laughs> in terms of, like, something long-term like that and just being, like, on a lark committing to something. I mean, it really, you know... It speaks, you know, high volumes to how good of a show Lost was or just how crazy our dementia is. (laughs) I don't know which one. (laughs) It's probably both. I would say it's both. And it's hard to know how much of each Mm -hmm. is is really operating there. Maybe there's a machine on the island that could tell us. (laughs) But then (laughs) when you rewatch the information about it, it seems like the person who used it kind of just made it up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely, you know, people like recording themselves talking about tv shows i mean everybody's doing it now mm-hmm. you know but i mean when this podcast some started of, some of that is our actual reality shows <laughs> <laughs> 
when this podcast started, I mean, there were a few lost podcasts, but in terms of podcasting about TV shows, it was definitely mm-hmm. not was nearly as much of a thing. It was a new frontier. Yeah. I don't want to say we were pioneers in a in a in a in a genre, but you know, I, I think we were. I mean, we. Yeah. I don't want to say we created podcasting, um, but if that's what you take away from this, I won't disabuse you of that. <laughs> I love that word. I love disabuse. Disabuse. Yeah. It's, it's a weird. It's a weird word. Uh, doesn't get used often enough. So please, people out there, disabuse yourself. Um, <laughs> please continue this the the storied and stored tale that is the lost of the lowdown. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great story. It's riveting. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about the story. Let's have it be more of a meta listen, thing. Where I just want I just want to state now that once the Lost Lowdown podcast is done, we have to do a podcast about the Lost Lowdown podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's which kind of I important. guess would have to be called the Lost Lowdown podcast podcast. Probably. <laughs> I mean, if we're being logical about it, <laughs> we're being reasonable about it. Uh, Probably, yeah. You know, I mean, podcasting has changed a lot. Um, you know, I still listen to some, and uh, it's it's definitely gotten a lot more polished. And you know, there's a lot of sponsorship and a lot of commercials floating mm-hmm. around out there now. Hey, just to show you how far it's come, back in the wee old era of 2006, people weren't even listening to podcasts on their mobile phones. Oh, that's true. It was like, can I listen to America's Top 100 on my mobile phone? No, son. We don't have the technology yet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, recently we... Had... <laughs> I like you continuing. <laughs> that was just like, as we cut to a dramatization and you just continue the story. <laughs> like, I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> I hate it's a clear image, you know. I assume we fade to black. I yeah, don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, do we, is, do we need is, to hear what else Daddy's going to say? I feel like... like is no, it... no, you cut at the right time. I think uh, okay. this is like the Ken Burns documentary of The Lost Lowdown. <laughs> so we yeah, need you should, we should image. be like panning around like a black and white image. photographs of yeah. us. Even yeah. though you've never seen any photographs. Never seen us. <laughs> so, I mean, but... obviously we're robots <laughs> sent from the future to spoil your favorite TV show. <laughs> yeah, I feel compelled to mention like so many things that uh, I'm kind of skipping around here. But, um, you know... I you have... should go linearly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Claudebot. <laughs> You are welcome. <laughs> Thanks for keeping me, uh, I don't know, keeping me in line, keeping me on. It is my function. On, <laughs> on message here. Yeah, so, I mean, I think uh, I have to mention cereal because uh, I think, uh, you know, are you that's. Hungry? I think that's the most, like. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to. I'm going to. 
Sorry. I think that's the most like significant uh, thing that's mm-hmm. happened in podcasting, um, you know, since we started in terms of like pop culture, you know, because I think uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there that have like a, you know, a good following and a decent, you know, level of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, presence, I guess. Um, but, you know, that took off like in another way, like that got well, yeah. that got Saturday Night Live sketches about it. That was, you know, it's what historians will call the second wave of podcasting. Yeah, yeah that was a huge thing. Um, and it, it was a different kind of podcast, really, like. You know, it wasn't just talking about TV shows, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a crazy thing and really cool. And I think anyone who um, hasn't already heard Serial Season 1 uh, should check that out. Because uh, I don't know if we've even talked about that on here. But uh, I was obsessed with that thing, and I still am. Mm-hmm. And it's like... As was I. It's like... You know, it's like lost, but with real life, and mm-hmm. you know, it's a real life. It's a real life mystery with compelling characters, yeah, and um, an ambiguous ending. Very ambiguous ending, and just like I think it gets at a similar thing to what Lost gets at, like this idea mm-hmm. of like, you know, how can you ever really know something? You can't. You know, yeah, that's what I love. It's great. That's the worst thing to to have a show about. Um, (laughs) But it's great. Yeah, but there's something really interesting about that. Because it's, you know, I mean, like, our lives are really constructed around the idea that we do know things. Um, And, you know, we sort of need to feel like we know things to, um, to, like, make sense of the world. Um, But... uh, to ever to really know something mm-hmm. is like really hard. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's actually a very interesting thing to try to do, right? Because that is the the original essence of a story. The reason we would tell a story, you know, is information so we can survive something or understand something, you know. So the hero's journey, you know, is about how to survive in nature. The story about a guy who did it when he went to slay a dragon or fought a bear and came back. Right. The coming back is really important. That's the survival part. You know, you don't, you wouldn't tell a story about a guy who went off on a great adventure and never came back. He completely failed at it, you know. Uh, but we'll leave Seth McFarlane out of this. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. It was... That was a wow. callback from a different topic we had. Sorry. <laughs> I had to get the third one in there. It's the comedy gods demand it. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I uh, forgot what I was saying. Yeah. Is it wildly inappropriate to bring up Game of Thrones at this point? <laughs> at this point, really, I think we could do what we want. Ten years in, we can we can finally let go of the reins and do what we want and stop following this rigid corporate <laughs> box method of podcasting. Let's we can loosen up a bit. We haven't ever been loose, so let's 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 loosen those neckties just a smidge. Because like I mean it's 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 sort of it feels like wildly off topic but but I I think it's connected to what you were saying. Why don't you go there and then bring it on home? Yeah. So 
I don't really know what that means, but I'm just gonna keep talking. I mean, go so, go on your tangent and then try okay. to try to tie it back in. Sure, sure. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. That's what I was gonna do. Um, I, I thought that's what you meant, but then I was like, not sure. Anyway, I don't know why I needed to take you through my thought process, but that's what it was. Um, <laughs> it was pretty short. Um, but it, now I'm now I'm analyzing. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, too many levels. Okay, so. Uh, in last week's Game of Thrones, I hope you're all caught up. <laughs> yeah, we're going to spoil it. <laughs> um, sorry. Seriously, major spoilers. So, sorry, this doesn't even week, matter. Like, yeah, by last week, we mean, uh, what was that, May 12th? Uh, I'm sorry, May 15th. <laughs> yeah, May 15th, the, the episode that aired May 15th, 2016. 2001, six. Um, and our anniversary that we're celebrating... Uh, from podcast number one, we're on 155 now. Yep. Podcast number one was on May 8th, 2006. 2006. <laughs> there. Almost got you. 2006. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it feels totally unnecessary to do this, but I just, you know, basically we don't have a Game of Thrones podcast, you know. We don't. Um, various reasons for that. Um, but, uh, but I just want to get this thing out since, you know, we're recording this, um, because it goes out to all the listeners who have wanted us to talk about Game of Thrones. So here's a nice Game of Thrones segment. Here's here's a brief Game of Thrones slow down thing. So, um, you know, you, you've talked about many times this idea of, of having characters, you know, and this is something we wanted on Lost, too, to tie it in. Like, having characters, you know, they go off, they, they, they all have their individual, like, adventures and experiences and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but wanting that scene where they get together in a bar and they yeah. talk about all the, the shit. And they, yeah. That's exactly. the end, and that that's the end of the hero's journey. That is the hero coming back with the knowledge that he gained and coming back to tell the people the story. I mean, the hero is the one who is telling the story of his journey, right? And then that gets told over through time. So I mean that I feel like that's why I'm always that's why I want that part cuz it's great going through the journey and the character change and becoming something new, but if you don't come back to share that with the next generation, the next iteration then that idea dies, and it's it's not satisfying if you don't loop it back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so like, I felt a little bit... You know, I feel like it was there, but, um, uh, yeah, this will just take a minute, so feel free to, if you need to get caught up on Game of Thrones, like, you can go do that and then come yep. back. Um, Play this next minute at <laughs> one sixtieth speed. <laughs> <laughs> don't pause it play it at 160th speed please thank you we would enjoy it oh wow that's gonna get very okay uh so you know after i mean in in season one uh spoiler alert uh you know basically all of the star children are are separated and they all go in various directions, um, you know, by the end of season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all, like, in different places, and they, they all have various individual adventures. Um, and uh, this season, you know, finally, uh, two of them uh, reunited. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, Sansa showed up at the wall where Jon Snow had recently been resurrected. Big time spoilers. Those are it. Um, And, you know, they, they, I guess they sort of implied that they, you know, went in that room and like. Uh Oh, I know where this is going. (laughs) And like, and like discussed what had happened Uh to each of them to some extent. Right. It's like, it's kind of implied uh-huh. I felt like we didn't really see enough of that, and like Jon Snow just got resurrected by a witch. Yep. yep. <laughs> like this just got resurrected by a witch. This is kind of this is kind of this is kind of and and, and Sansa's yeah. takeaway is we got to take back Winterfell. Like fine, yeah, sure, I, I agree. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> mm, 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 don't get I, me started. I agree, but. But but your your bastard brother got resurrected by a witch. <laughs> you and your brother is a bastard because you don't know he just got resurrected and you telling him to go save your home. Yeah, um, it's, it's just that's a little too crazy to just be well, like in yeah, that moment. In that moment when they were in that scene, which it should be the scene, you know, after they had just reunited, yeah, this should be the scene where they start hashing out what had it yeah. happened to them, uh, plot point by plot point, over perhaps a nice cup of tea, yeah, and um, uh, by the fire. And uh, instead, like, I was wondering what was going to happen. I remember thinking, oh, was, is he actually going to tell her in this moment this big mm-hmm. thing that's going to need a lot of explaining? Yeah. And honestly, you see that a lot in, in TV shows, especially. Like, they have a direction. Yeah, I, we've talked about it, but I feel like they have a direction they want the scene to go. Uh, and... It, it it's 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 um it's Saeed's we'll talk about it later. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's okay, this huge thing just happened that the audience is aware of, most of the characters know, or like you know, the main character in this scene is it, processing this scene with a different set of information. Something just happened, but they can't in this moment share it, otherwise that scene will become about that thing yeah. and not the other thing, which is Sansa needing to immediately say, Hey, we need to we need to go you know, go uh re retake Winterfell. Yeah. So I mean that yeah, is that that's it's it's a big pet peeve of mine, but I feel like I understand why they do it. But my thing yeah. is like I think you still have to have like you know, what I expect is something like, um, you know, he doesn't tell her. Usually what you'll see is he doesn't tell her in that next in that scene. But some, a third party like the uh, the the old guy, I forgot his name. Uh, uh, Stannis's guy. Oh, Davos. Yeah, Davos. Like, you know, it would you know, you've seen it scenes before where a character like that would go. You have to tell her. <laughs> you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you, it's just like a white right. line, just so we know the audience knows. Okay, it is in his head that they have to have that conversation. Yeah, they acknowledge that they skip it, but they didn't even have that. So, right. Yeah, I do, I do think it's weird because it's such. I mean, it it be it be different if it was just anything else. Even if like, okay, Jon Snow just had the huge battle before he got killed, the battle on the wall, you know, and then all the stuff the White Rock. I mean. 
he's got a lot of things that yeah. he needs to tell her. But there's this huge, huge, crazy thing that she would never believe yeah. and understand that that it, you know. But then I think they do get away with it a little bit with the idea that he doesn't understand what happened and he doesn't right. know the whole concept. The you know he 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 saw it from his perspective, not ours, you know, and right. he's afraid of it too. So he's not ready to even really start talking about it. But you do feel like okay, you should just tell her what happened, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's I mean, the thing is with the with the the guys at the wall, it's I I kind of get that they're not like losing their shit because mm-hmm. a lot of them, I mean, at least some of them, I mean, they've seen White Walkers. They've seen the dead rise yeah. before. Yeah, they know that's a thing. So, it's not exactly the same as that, but it's I mean, it's not that different. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know when you've seen crazy they've seen giants they've seen you know when mm-hmm. you've seen all that kind of stuff then then I kind of understand that it's like yeah well you know this is a crazy world we live in but really Sansa hasn't seen anything like that no, um, no. so you know she can she can tell Jon Snow like hey don't trust Littlefinger. But, yeah. you know, like... <laughs> Not quite equal uh, experience there. <laughs> She's going to be like, hey, John, bro, men are bad. You know, men are really... All my travels in the last six seasons has taught me men are bad. <laughs> Except for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's just, it's like, I think... Uh, she couldn't possibly just be like, yeah, whatever, let's go. So that makes me think he didn't tell her, you know, because no. I just can't imagine he told her and then the, she was like, yeah, whatever. Gonna, and here's the thing. They're going to save that for when they can really ring the best bang for their buck. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird phrase. Um, <laughs> I meant, I was trying to say get the most out of it. Um, and that's going to be later when the tension is higher, at, you know, and they'll use it uh, in some moment as a way to maybe try to manipulate her or to say, that's not really your brother. He was just resurrected and yeah. or, or don't trust the red one. You know, like it'll come it'll come in something when it's not just about delivering information the audience already knows. It'll come when it when it helps with like conflict and like heightening the drama, you know. That's usually yeah. when they save those things for. But it is just kind of frustrating to have that dramatic irony of just being like, okay, we know this huge thing. Please, you know, because you part part of you wants him to talk about it just so he can acknowledge it, and so we can see what he thinks about it and what and then like and and just like explore that idea because it's so crazy. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's that whole thing, man. Um. That I lo- I mean, to me, that's the that that that's that's what you got to have. It's like sharing that information. But yeah, they both had crazy things go on. Uh, I do wonder about John. Uh, um, I guess we know what that. Yeah, oh, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, you know, the other thing is they have this plot requirement where they're they're trying to mount this whole thing where they need to get, I guess, the houses in the the, the families in the north aligned. Mm-hmm under john so they can go fight i don't know who this season (laughs) and um (laughs) and um you know 
prepare for all of that. You know, can I just guess what, like, the final... I, I mean, is it really just going to be Daenerys, the Stormborn, Mother of, <laughs> Mother of Dragons, uh, uh, Storm, Stormborn, uh, bring, Bringer of the Rain, Breaker of the Chains, Chain Breaker... Uh, heartbreaker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, is she just gonna build a huge army plus dragons and the west? And Jon Snow is just gonna build a huge army in the north, and then who's ever left in the south is just gonna have a big army, and then they're, they're just gonna fight. Is that what happens? They're just all gonna fight for King's Landing, right? Like, is that the that's the? I mean, that's where the throne is, so. Like that's the ultimate battle, right? Will be over that over that central kingdom, right? And that'll be, you know, in terms of trying to conquer Westeros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seemingly, um, it's yeah. I mean, it's not clear how all this stuff plays out, but it does seem like that should be a, a an important thing mm-hmm. in the end. Cause it just hit me when when Tanzit was like, oh no, oh no, we have to, we have to. I'm, I'm like waiting for it, waiting for it. We have to align the families, you know, for an army. And I got, I'm like, oh man, how many times have we heard that? How many times is like that the thing that a main character needs to do? Like every main character has had that at some point of like, well, we have a conflict and it's gonna come to fighting, <laughs> so we need more people. Yeah. And so now we yeah. have to figure out a way to get more people, and yeah. it's just all these various ways to kind of do that. Um, yeah. I was just like, I, I don't know what I expected her to say, but when that happened, I was just like, oh, you just, oh, okay. Well, now I see where that's going. I mean, I'm sure it'd be interesting how they do it. It always is, but it's just like as a as a thing, as an overall plot. I'm just like, oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings has some of that. It's, mm-hmm. I think, I think it's probably, you know, with this kind of story, it's inevitable. But, but it is a little bit tedious, and I, I am sort of more interested in what, you know, okay, you got it, like then what? Exactly. You know? Why, why is all of a sudden the story done? I mean, what is the resolution to the story? You know? Yeah, that's definitely um, not clear. And you know, uh. George Two R's Martin was yeah. very outspoken about the ending of Lost. There was a mm-hmm. uh, there was a big like uh, dust up about that um, yeah. a while ago uh, that I think David Lindelof got mildly involved in, um, mm-hmm. uh, where he said like you know he didn't like the ending of Lost and 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 the Game of Thrones thing would not would not end like that. Whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess I guess one of the things he was talking about was um like all the unresolved mm-hmm. you know, plot points and stuff. Well, I mean, you know, Damien Lindelof likes to write about ambiguity and yeah. um, you know, I think uh that's just it. <laughs> Yeah. You're not writing the same thing uh, when, you know, and he's, and I like to call him George D.R. Martin. D.R. is in double R. Oh, okay. It doesn't save any more time. It's just funnier. I see. Um, <laughs> uh, and, um, 
Yeah, I think I think you know he's he's making a very I mean it's grounded in a way, right? Like, um, the kind of things that ha- I mean it's fantastical, but like you know the kind of things that are gonna happen are gonna actually happen. It won't be like any kind of I think uh, ambiguity about the actual details of the plot, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we already see a difference with, you know, Jon Snow's resurrection versus Locke's resurrection. Or Saeed's... uh, Or Saeed's resurrection, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where it's sort of like... It's sort of clearer why it happened, even if it's not clear what it means. You know, you you see the whole process, and Mm -hmm. there isn't this weird, like... You know, like I, like the lost version would be, you know, she's like she's like, uh, like something weird happens and it's like, oh, the spell's tainted or something. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, she tries to resurrect Jon Snow. It doesn't work, and he and he and he gets, he resurrects, um, like it happens in the show. And then she and the, the, what 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 Lost would have done, which would have been actually really awesome and totally just so fucking lost, she would have said, "I didn't do anything." Right. My spell didn't like you said. My spell didn't work. That wasn't that wasn't the right spell. I uh, that was my uh, paprika souffle recipe. Uh, I was thinking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I was actually expecting her to say that. Uh-huh. Um, she ju- and it would have made sense because she just had a crisis of her faith about yeah. whether this all uh, mattered or worked. And and it, and to me, it was ambiguous. Ambiguous. That's a new new term. Uh, that um, when she, you know, another spoiler, of course, when uh, we saw that she was really old. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. was that was that her power fading that we saw that did, did she allow that to happen is it better for her energy usage if she doesn't look young like use her power to look young all the time like i did she go to bed like that all the time yeah you know, it's just like there's one scene which is like that's great oh man great great twist what, what so much information i don't have yeah yeah it's not clear what it means i mean at the time like i i thought it was it was all those things. It was sort of like a sign. Her powers were waning. It was, it was about her losing faith. Like I imagined it requiring energy to like maintain this mm-hmm. more youthful appearance. I sort of imagined it a little bit like Odo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Where like, it takes willpower to keep the form. Yeah. yeah. And so then he sleeps in a bucket, you know, and like that's yeah. her version of sleeping in a bucket, just like dropping all the, Mm-hmm. Um, the the sort of illusion, like the the fake appearance. Yeah. You know, and and like the, I guess the more you know, the more energized she feels, maybe the easier it is to to maintain. You mm-hmm. know, in terms of how how powerful she is, and you know, it's like she. I don't know. I mean, I I feel like that plot is important, and I keep following it. You know, waiting for like the big thing, and like, it, why isn't it big enough that she resurrected a guy? I don't know, but like, and she even said like, oh, he's the whatever mm-hmm. that was promised or something, and I will do whatever he says, and you know, so she's like into him and stuff, but it it. it it kind of seems like she's just like slightly, I don't know, like not really 
like she's saying the words, but it doesn't seem like she really means it or like mm-hmm. there's there's not a lot of enthusiasm there you know yeah yeah and i yeah, like I don't, know how to, I don't know how to take it either it's very weird uh that because it does seem like it would be a pretty straightforward thing to convey like okay she was super devout and she had a crisis of faith and a miracle happened and now she either yeah. reaffirms her faith it she she doesn't believe it's a miracle and it doesn't matter to her or she thinks something else like a third option you mm-hmm. know it's like it's like one of those things but yeah they kind of like played it in the middle between between the three and it was just kind of like oh all right, all right guess we'll get an explanation later because really it begs the question well what else can you do i mean like every time she uses her power like something else happens it's not re- which is kind of nice it's kind of cool and unique like you know it's not like it's not like uh old storm stormborn's act of just like <laughs> walking through fire every time she's in an emergency right uh you know she's got her trick and that's really all she could do you know um so that that's that's interesting, but it doesn't, you know, it's kind of I, I would I would expect again Davos or someone to come to her and be like, you know, at, to inquire. I mean, is it just that since they're in this era, this this you know kind of olden time era that they just don't really ask questions we would ask? You know, they don't <laughs> they don't the enlightenment hasn't happened yet, and and they're they just they just take things as they are and they the world is just so unpredictable that to ask any more questions about her powers and what she can do would just be you know would be silly it would be silly to ask why would she know that reminds me of the mr show sketch the the uh the sort of stone age educational film that starts (laughs) with questions 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 the modern mind can think of three questions three questions Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got the three guys. We're doing good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's not clear to me how how much how much it is really that it's sort of thought out. That's why, and mm-hmm. how much of it is just like, um, not thinking about it. Yeah. You know, and just like there there's a there's an end point where the story's going and like Well, I know they're thinking about it. They can't work, you know, 40 hours plus a week for set for, you know, 9 months or whatever and not think about it. They, you know, so or maybe deciding it doesn't matter, you know, even mm-hmm. if they do think about it. Like, you know what I mean? They, like we're not going to have characters question this because we're going here and we don't need that. You know, we don't need to spend time on that. Yeah, but I mean, and that's you know that's the thing to 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 know that the audience is gonna say, well, how does she feel about this, or how do how does John feel about that, and then to say, well, that doesn't matter, you know, then that means something. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we really we really uh, drill down to the heart of uh, impenetrable questions. Uh, <laughs> we're really, you know, it means something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I mean I think that um it because it's not the show isn't typically like Lost, it's sort of like I I could almost accept this more um from a from a show that was more just just about the 
the ambiguity of it all. But, you know, not that Game of Thrones doesn't have ambiguity, but I think it's not, it's certainly not focused on it in the same way. It's much more of a, where we will, I mean, not every week, but when crazy things happen, we'll, we'll show it. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not shying away from it, you know. Um, we'll let you see it. I mean, even the details sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it won't just be this kind of insinuation and leaping to conclusions. And, you know, a lot of that dance that Lost did with their crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, I just find it weird. I find it weird that, yeah, after sort of building up her character's loss of faith, mm-hmm. revealing this thing about her. And now she's just like, yeah, he's the one that was promised, I guess. Um, yeah. So that's it. Like, she just seems sort of mildly uninterested. And she doesn't pledge herself to him. Like you, you know, let the, what, uh, what is my task? What do you want? Yeah. To do? Like, because she seemed to be, I mean, she was guiding, uh, Stannis, but like, she was at his side, you know what I mean? It All was just, the time. I, so I'm, I don't know why it didn't, she doesn't transfer. Yeah, it's weird. Now I, it seems I, like she hasn't even really, like, she spoke to him when he first woke up, but it doesn't mm-hmm. even seem like she's, he's, like, getting ready to leave. and she. I, I imagine she's going to go with them. I, I, there's no reason for her to stay behind because yeah. they're not going to be cutting to that storyline for a while, I don't yeah. think. Because I, yeah, I think everyone of interest is going to leave that place. Yeah. Um. I imagine it's like, you know, they'll be getting ready to leave and they'll get on their horses and it's time to say goodbye and she'll just be standing there and then, mm-hmm. like, it'll be like, you know, they'll look at each other and then they'll just cut and then she'll be with them and we'll mm-hmm. we'll do a podcast months from now and ask why that scene happened and <laughs> why does it make any sense and why didn't they acknowledge that she wanted to go and the cycle will continue. <laughs> Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just like weirdly underplayed, uh-huh. um, and 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 I don't get it because that isn't her character. I mean, in you know previous scenes with her doing her thing, like she's totally into. Here's what you have to do, status, because the prophecy says that blah blah blah. <laughs> you know, like it's not it's not just the like yeah you're you're the one I guess so I'll just stand over here. Status, you gotta get that prophecy. <laughs> You did it like Harvey Firestein. <laughs> Was that the voice I used? That's like Harvey Firestein impression. Wow. Yeah, you, you got, you're like, eh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, and that's the question. Is it, is it, be, is there change in personality because she's got that old feeling? <laughs> that love. <laughs> oh god sorry well, uh that that you know the scene where she was old like is it it was that supposed to be like a turning point and the audience is supposed to understand oh okay now something's oh, different about her so, and so now that's why she's so subdued because you know she doesn't have that energy anymore and that was supposed to tell us that oh or was it supposed to tell us she's been like this the whole time you know that that to me was what's confusing like you know, there was no context to it, yeah. so we didn't really know how to uh, to take it if this is a the first time thing or all the time thing. And right. I think that that would 
you know, maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe it was the first time thing, and that was the first time she saw herself with her real age and her real look. You know, yeah. um, I can't say that's how it came off, but no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but back to your main point, George D.R. Martin. Um, I do think uh, he, he's he got a lot to live up to for an ending uh, with saying that about Lost, uh, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he's going to find that, like, doing an ending that the fans will be satisfied with. And for him, I mean, you know, book readers, I mean, the first book was from 96, so... Mm-hmm. He's going to have to satisfy fans that have been following his series for 20-plus years. I, he's going to find that's pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty rare uh, that long series like that, that, you know, follow, uh, you know, people follow over a long period of time, and that, you know, especially enter the pop culture like this, that they come to an ending that everyone says, yeah, you know, like, that was perfect. You know, I think it's it's really easy to leave out the thing that mm-hmm. certain people want to see. Yeah. You know. Well, and what's what's going to be weird that most media stories don't really have to. Well, they have to do it in different ways, but just the idea of your audience not uh, not uh, your demographic not changing, but but actually growing older. Mm-hmm. So, like, what yeah. hardcore fan liked about Game of Thrones 20 years ago, now they're 20 years older. <laughs> yeah. And, you you know, to some degree you have to think about, I, th- I would think, um, how to satisfy what they want now. Has that, has what they wanted changed? Um Yeah. Um, you know, because 20 years ago, you weren't writing necessarily for that person 20 years from now. Right. You know, uh, so it's weird. So I think, yeah, depending on your age, when you, if, you know, if you, if you read, whenever you read it five years ago or 20 years ago, like, yeah, things have changed for you and what you want out of it might have, might, might have changed. So that's a, that's a crazy variable to have to deal with. Yeah. I definitely like different things now than I liked in 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think, uh, you know, if I may, like, Lost came at a good time. Um, like, it was a good transition for me, uh, you know, between sort of, I think, I think a more, a more superficial liking of things that I had before mm-hmm. to... Uh, a more, I guess, heavier analytical appreciation of things. Yeah. Um, that I tend to engage in now with everything I watch. Um, you know, not just uh, mysteries or, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or just lost, you know, but I think it, you know, going through that process of doing the podcast, um, you know, really... Uh, I don't know, trained me or, like, taught me how to think about uh, how TV shows work. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Apologize. If you're looking for an apology, I'm really sorry. (laughs) All I can say is I'm a victim, too, and 
We can't really get back to pass. We can only move. It's forward. not really the same anymore. You know, I still enjoy TV, but I enjoy it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a type of film school because that—that's what happens yeah. in film school, or really anything you study, and you take a thing you like, and then you find out why it works, and you're like, ugh, yeah, why did I, why did I do that? Uh, because you'll find that the things that you you, you will like the things that work, um, and those will be different things. Yeah, and I think I think another thing that's that's really started to hit me is sort of just the limits of like where a story can go, mm-hmm. you know. And I think this is especially true on TV because you know, uh, movies I think because of the the way they're shot and sort of just the way they work, like in terms of production, like you can you can totally have like um, a big star. Uh, character like just die at some point in the story you know but when a tv show commits to a character dying it's kind of a bigger deal um Uh if they're like part of the main cast or especially if they're like the central character around which everything revolves yeah you know i mean there's an extent to which if the show's like that that character cannot die Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's just impossible and, and not only can't they die, but they can't be sort of, you know, rendered, you know, uh, incapable of doing the thing that they do that sort of drives the whole show. Yeah. You know, and so I start once you once you realize those limits, like here's what the show's about. And uh, therefore, that forces certain limitations and then, and then you realize, well, okay, the story can go, like, a lot of times it's like, well, the story can go one of, like, three ways, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Three is a very common uh, denominator in a lot of things for that reason, you know? Yeah. Because it's either what you expect, the opposite of what you expect, or something, or a third thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, well, these things can't happen, so it just mm-hmm. forces you down these, and then, you know... Literally every time you watch and you're just like, um, well, they chose number two or whatever, yep. Yeah, you know? And that's why it's crazy that we're still telling stories that even though um, I, I don't, I, you know, stories aren't finite, but I think the application of stories, you know, storytelling in a way uh, becomes finite when it's in a commodified com- form. <laughs> I said it right. Commoditize? I said it right. Oh, sorry. Commoditize? All, all you people who wrong are wrong. Um, that form? Yeah, I think I think it. Yeah, it it just it's it com- it, it becomes a very like paint by numbers thing. Um, that yeah, if you analyze the structure to death, then you will see how it is made and. Um, and how they are forced into options, you know, because every decision is a character walking into a room. Okay, the room only has so much stuff going on. It only has so many doors or windows or vents or chairs or, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, it is, it is interesting to kind of see that stuff. And honestly, that, the you know, the more I uh, became uh, or watched things critically and analytically, 
the more I hated spoilers because when you when you know that truth that um, there's only so many things that can happen, um, that means you're li- you're 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 limiting how much surprise you can have when yeah. you're watching your the thing you're watching. Yeah. And so if you get a spoiler like a trailer or anyone telling you anything. They're now just taking away the limited uh, supply of surprise you had. Yeah. Even if it's something like who's in the cast. Like, I get, you know, and I this is the first time I've actually been able to (laughs) verbalize why I care so much about spoilers to this degree. Because that's what it is. Like, even even knowing what the cast is, it's a type of spoiler. Because I go, oh, okay. You cast this, this actor who plays big characters. You cast Jim Carrey. Okay, great. Well... Now I know what kind of movie this is. You know, even that kind of yeah. thing. Now you, you took one little bit of surprise away that I that I had. I'm already was limited because I'm gonna analyze stories to death. You know, right. So I think yeah, that kind of thing really comes into play um, when you when you have podcast ten years um, about um, a story being told on TV and other stories being told on TV and film. Yeah, yeah. Robot Claude is back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I, I mean, I, I think, I think in Game of Thrones, like one thing they've done really well is trick you into thinking that certain characters are more important than they are, mm-hmm. and then when then shocking you when they when they die. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like that's 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 a really cool move like like we will we will convince you that this character matters too much to die and then when they die you'll say oh my god i never saw that coming you know but then when you look back you realize oh well now i see why they were dispensable (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh you know so that's i mean that's definitely how i feel about ned stark in season one like he comes across as the main character of the show but when you think about the story they're setting up, and especially the fact, the way they're setting up all the things going on with his kids, uh, it it seems clear that the show is going to be about the reaction to his death. <laughs> but then you're like, he can't die. He was born here in Lord of the Rings. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. are, are you and, know and the red great. wedding or whatever? Like all the characters that die in the red wedding, it's like once you when you look back, you're like, yeah, but actually for the long term story, those characters didn't really matter. Well, and that's what's interesting too, because if you think about it, Game of Thrones is is kind of the best children's fantasy story ever, you know, or one of the best, you know, because it's really about the kids. Like, it's yeah. really about these kids' journey sure. after their parents are gone in whatever way. And even if you look at the adults, it, their parents are getting killed. Yeah. Um, and now it's about what do they do when their parents are gone. Yeah. Um, so that's a really interesting thing that just popped out at me. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, you just yeah, you just set that yeah, up with like, with, like, Sean Bean's kids. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, because you had you know you don't know that that's that's the story. Um, yeah, yeah, that was the thing kids. I didn't perceive initially. Like you're spending time with the kids and you're thinking like it's just fleshing out the world, but it's like no, this is actually about the kids 
It's yeah. just making you think it's about Ned. Well, it's funny because one of the first... I, I think I tried to write two novels when I was a kid. Yes, novels. And... <laughs> It shows you how ambitious I was. Right. Yeah. With an N. (laughs) And, um... Not a marvel? Not a marvel. And not a shovel. (laughs) Most people would say shovel, but fair enough. No, not a shovel. And, uh, I said it right. Oh, okay. And, um, that my story was about three... It was a fantasy story about three kids who... Whose parents get killed by like the evil king, and they have to go on a journey to. It was I think to I forgot where they're going now, but they were going on a journey for some. Oh no, their parents got kidnapped. That's what. Oh okay. They were going to save the parents, but it was about the three kids, and each kid had a special kind of. You know, one kid was the you know the kind of leader with the with the sword and shield and one kid was kind of the kid with the magic powers and mm-hmm. one kid was like um he was like the dwarf or something in their group like he was like yeah. had the weird fighting style and and like comedy and stuff and uh it was called return to zork oh you heard me uh, and, named uh, after the uh the the video game that was my inspiration, and by that I mean I stole it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those two really—they uh, can easily mean the same thing. And uh, and I and I wrote five pages. So. Oh, okay. What I'm telling you, kids, is never give up on your dreams. <laughs> Return to Zork. Wow. Wow. Anyway, I guess my point was, um, yeah, that's that's actually why I really like Game of Thrones is. Uh, that that idea is, is exactly right there. I mean, I love Arya's yeah. uh, uh, um, storyline is my favorite. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I love the idea. We're so not podcasting about Lost. I love the <laughs> idea. I love the idea of this girl who was like, no, I don't want to just be a princess in a castle and do nothing until my king beckons. Um, I want to actually have a real life and make my own decisions and and live my life. And then it was just it's I love the the idea that that world said, okay, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> you want to live in the real world? Here it is. Here it is, sister. Yeah. And uh, she goes in this crazy. You know, it's like Carol. You know, I love I love characters yeah. who um get beaten down and then become stronger and then like become the just just badasses. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Rose on on Lost. Um, you know, she... Uh, no, not like Rose. <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rose Bernard. Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think uh, it's... Um, it's 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 I, I guess I appreciate it, even though it did like, you know, ruin some of the magic, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, that I used to have when I would watch something and I really my mind was not thinking about those things. And so in a way it was it seemed open to, you know, almost any possibility. Mm-hmm. So like 
whatever happened could easily be a surprise. And that's the best audience to have is the audience that doesn't know your tricks. Like any magician, yeah. like a magician doesn't want another magician as his audience. Right. He wants the person who's never seen magic. Right. Um, you know, and just FYI, the title of this conversation right now, this segment is how has the lost lowdown affected you? Yes. Since we're talking about our 10 years with the Lost Exactly. Lowdown. Yeah, so that's that's how the Game of Thrones discussion is relevant. That's how it's relevant. <laughs> and if you say it's not, we will disagree with you. <laughs> Um, cause yeah, I really, uh, I mean, I definitely take all the lost stuff to watching that show. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I think a lot about how like it's different in the way it presents its strangeness, mm-hmm. uh, from lost, you know, um, it's not that common to find shows that present things that way. I mean, for, if you want, if you want something that presents things like Lost, you can go to The Leftovers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See Damien Lindelof's latest work. Um, which we did a podcast about. You should check that out if you haven't check yet. Check that out over on Mr. Podcast. Yeah, it's, it's, it was fun. We did commentaries and, and we talked a lot about season two, which is great. Um, Great with the G. Uh, but that's not common in television. I mean, that that sort of mode mm-hmm. for storytelling. I mean, I really appreciate it, but it's not something you find on every show. Well, talk about anything can happen. And then again, yeah, I mean, here's here's a spoiler for Leftovers, but um, <laughs> now let's talk about Leftovers. Um, <laughs> anything we lost. Everything we lost. God, we, 10 years on Lost. Can we get off of it? Um, no, I think, uh, you know, the same thing with, with the, you know, in terms of taking the, the, the analysis gained by analyzing Lost, but over to, like, Leftovers, you know, the idea of possibility in storytelling, you know, when... Um, when Kevin dies, I'm just thinking, well, okay, you know, yeah. what is this show? This show is, you know, it's a drama, you know, weird things happen, you know, but we haven't seen anything too, like, obviously fantastical. They've been, like, ambiguously fantastical, yeah. you know. So, so okay, what is really going to happen now that Kevin's dead? Well, we're, we're not going to leave his perspective, right? Okay, it's his show. Everything's got to be from his perspective, right? Okay. But, okay, are we really going to see the afterlife? No, I mean, why would they show an afterlife in this show? This show is about <laughs> about a huge supernatural event that they didn't show. Why would they show yeah. another supernatural event? Like, the afterlife, what happens after you die, you know? Yeah. That's just a theme that Damien Lindelof loves to talk about, but why would they show that? <laughs> you know, and then the next episode, yeah. they show it, and you're like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know that that was possible in yeah. your storytelling. And then now that I know it is, you know, and then it was that thing of, well, okay, they did it once. But there's no way they're going to, like, actually confirm that yeah. this, that this uh, post-life hotel actually really were, is there, yeah. right, by showing it a second time. And then, of course, they show it. They go time. back. Yeah, I never would have expected that. Doing one whole episode there, I can almost buy because yeah. it's like... It's still, it's still in the construct of his... Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, it's like, you know, like, like a holodeck episode or... Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes shows have those like wacko episodes where it's like an alternate universe, you know, uh, where like all the characters have like different roles that are variations on what they're doing yeah. or whatever. Or, you know, you imagine the main character has some other crazy job than than what mm-hmm. they have. 
you know, and he's playing a secret agent or something. And it's almost like, you know, you could, you could still just have that as a, as a kind of self-contained crazy episode and then just Mm -hmm. like not even go back to that. Yep. You know? Um, but they did. He went back there and like, it was, there was, the guy was still there and Mm -hmm. it remembered him. And remembered him, yeah. And it was the same hotel, and it was just like, oh my god, this is—they're yeah. really making this a real thing. Like he's gonna die and go there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and he has to like find his way out. Uh, it's crazy, like that—that's actually, you know, that that they they committed to that so much. Um, you know, I just uh, not to cut you off, but I just had this crazy theory. <laughs> Okay. About what the hotel might be. Okay. I'm ready. Um, we know that uh, Sir Lindelof um, likes to tell stories about consciousness. Definitely. And consciousness separating from the body. Yeah. So what if, what if when Kevin dies, his consciousness is separated from his body and... That's that, and you know, it's sort of in the ether or whatever, and that is kind of how um, um, his dad can can communicate with him. Uh, while his, you know, while oh god, I back forgot on about Earth. the hotel room thing, the the, yeah, TV. the TV thing. That was the craziest. Oh my god. Yeah, like so yeah, it's already weird. crazy, but then they then he connected it back to the real world. Yeah. And said, "Oh, there's a bridge that they can <laughs> communicate with and it's your hotel room TV." Yeah, and 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 his dad's on the other end in a hotel room like with I don't know, like do it having some kind of like drug-induced visionary experience where mm-hmm. he's communicating with the afterlife. I mean that's that's taking I feel like that's taking the Desmond gets like electromagnetic shocked into yeah. the afterlife to the next level. <laughs> well, but it's also grounding it, right? It's doing it in a way that, you know, this the idea of like uh having a hallucinatory experience from a shamanistic ritual, like is a super grounded thing. Yeah. So it's interesting, like grounding that, and then like. But I think he likes that, you know. I mean, I yeah. he, he in general like the the approach that I've lost and the leftovers to is to approach like like supernatural or crazy ideas from as grounded a perspective as possible. Like keep it, you know, keep it as simple and as straightforward as possible. Yeah. You know, and like yeah, limit wonder... the amount of insanity that we have to tolerate. Yeah, I, that's yeah. Just the idea of consciousness and 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 leaving the body. I, I'm I'm thinking about that in the context of of that show. That's interesting because he is crazy, and he does black out. He's definitely crazy. Yeah. So what? Ha- where's his consciousness going when he's blacking out? It's it's you know it's doing something in his same body. But I wonder. Well, and it was really crazy that I mean when he was blacking out he was still doing stuff yeah and talking to people and you know like he had plans like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go kill myself now and babble my adversary like he had that plan in his blackout state before he had it in his regular and it's funny because that yeah you just bring up a thing that makes me question that whole thing about you know uh 
they're like, Kevin, you, what was it? Uh, you, you got an adversary, Kevin. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was pretty yeah, much Yeah, remember, the, everybody remembers it that way. Um, <laughs> Kevin, I am your adversary. Um, that whole thing. But the idea of, um, you know, when Nora got that call, you know, when, 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 oh, Nora's a lens. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lens crafters called and they said <laughs> they need you back in their store. I don't know. Sorry, guys. Bad attempt. Um, <laughs> we're out of lenses. Can you come over? Uh, um, and, uh, but it just made me think that. And then, okay, then the lady calls and says, uh, you know, she has a demon in her side of her or whatever. Right. But that just made me think that that's a similar idea. This idea that you have something bad attached to you. And I was just thinking, like, yeah. what if, what if that lady had said that about Kevin and then they end up having this adversary thing? That would have been a weird kind of connection. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I, I think it's it's kind of strange how they they kind of laugh off and dismiss that you know uh, that there's like some kind of demonic influence that's causing her uh, Nora to be a, a lens, mm-hmm. whereas like Kevin's adversary is treated. I mean, obviously some of the characters think it's crazy, but certainly he takes it seriously, and yeah. you know, and I mean they kind of dramatize like the battle. You know, in a very in a very simple way, it's not it's not them like, you know, having like some kind of dramatic crouching tiger, hidden dragon, you know, mm-hmm. fight or something. Which would have been cool. They they kind of just like talk, and then he like pushes her in a well. Which again, David Lindelof likes people getting pushed in wells. He loves wells. I I don't know if he got trapped in a well. He grew up on a farm with a well. There's something with Wells. Something it's with weird. Wells. He he's a fan of Orson Wells. <laughs> um, any of those choices? It's always three. But yeah, um, it's definitely interesting. So about Lost. Um, yeah, but I but I mean all that you know. Uh, all that, the point of all that was just to say that, you know, I think, I mean, Lost came at a particular time. It was a good time for, you know, the, the emergence of podcasting for, I think both of us being in the, in the right place where we would, we would have time and want to like engage in something like that. It's like the Wright brothers. And yeah. And, and it was the right show. Right. Brothers, right show. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was like the flight at kitty hawk because i think i think if we uh, that's funny because the first episode we did was two for the road <laughs> two for the airways that's weird because i think if we had attached ourselves to a different show um, mm-hmm. it wouldn't necessarily worked out that way, you know. But like Big Brother, we were so into that. Exactly. <laughs> like I feel like in retrospect, it's clear that, um, you know, to a certain extent, it was luck, you know, because plenty oh, yeah. of shows like can generate a blast or map moment or whatever, you know, where it's like, oh my god, it's cool, you know. Yeah. 
but Lost had staying power, you know? You know what's funny that I've never, um, I've never stated it this way before, but it's actually really funny that, you know, we've talked before about the idea, like the Holon effect, like holography, which is a word you can Google because it's hard to describe. But the idea, I like to use big words. I don't quite know the meaning. Um, Must do. <laughs> um, uh, but the idea that you know, the 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 the, um, the characters on the show interacting with the island is is has a has a type of relationship and that's that's uh mirrored by the audience watching the show reacting yeah. to the show yeah reacting to the characters reacting to the island you know yeah. it's this weird kind of fractal yeah kind of thing um but what's weird about that is that's that's you know and the idea with lost you know being his mystery and like we started this conversation with the idea of like wow bringing it home look at that we're bringing it home yeah, is the idea of uh, truth and not being able to know what's true. Yeah, and just taking, you know, believing things that people tell you and then operating on those things based yeah. on your own beliefs. And so, my point being, like, that's how you know when you're saying like it was luck and it could have been any show and all that kind of thing. That's how I first got into Lost. It wasn't watching Lost. It was hearing word of mouth what Lost was about. Right. You right. know, it was someone describing Lost to me in a way that was completely inaccurate. <laughs> yet my behavior <laughs> changed in a way yeah. that made me move towards it and then get get you to watch it. You know, yeah. so the first yeah. thing I heard about Lost, you know, I knew it was a show when it came on in season one. I saw some promos. I, I've already seen Gilligan's Island. Right. I don't need to watch a show about people I don't know on an island I'll never go to. Right. I've seen my family photos at Hawaii. It's boring. Right. <laughs> you don't know your family? <laughs> I got lost in my logic there. Okay. So I'll have to go back and see if that made any sense. Okay. Um, Sorry, I just had to. There's a little plot hole. Anyway. I guess, I guess I was saying I don't want to watch a show about characters I don't know, places I'll never visit. Because I did watch something with people I do know in a place I did visit. Okay. There we so, go. Look at that. that. I should not have explained please. that. Um, that's how I meant to say it. Um, I said it right. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, the first, okay. And then the second season, I, I was just talking to some friends and as you know, and I'll say it for the record once again, like it was just the, the, the first thing was, yeah, uh, there's a guy in a box on the island and he has to press a button and if he doesn't, the world's going to end, you know? So that's not unlike Mother taking Jacob and Man in Black to the light cave and saying, you know, that's life and death and everything in between. Like, you know, yeah, it's it's inaccurate at best. Um, and um, but nevertheless, we're going to have a whole show about it. <laughs> right, right. Well, and and also there's like you, there's some truth there. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm serious. Yeah, it's, no, that the idea of hearing this thing word of mouth, uh, and and believing in a certain idea of it, you know, that's not quite the thing. 
it's 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 yeah but you you can see when you see the show you're like well i see how they got that Uh uh-huh you know i see where all the parts came from but it was their own like way of explaining it Mm-hmm. Um, or way, yeah, way of distilling like what's going on there, which I understand. Like I would never explain it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I would get involved in like too many details, you know, um, that people wouldn't want to hear. Like I would have to say, well, you see, there's this island, uh, this mysterious island with like these strange properties, and there was this organization called the Dharma Initiative, and they came to the island and they built all these things. And, you know, I'm, it's already too long. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, you don't need well, to but, hear all that. But what would you say if somebody said, um, casually, you don't have an hour to tell them? What, what's, oh, Lost. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that show was on ABC, right? Yeah, what's that about? <laughs> I... <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, really, what's it about, or sort of, what's it about as a hook? <laughs> well, when somebody asks what's it about, they're basically asking what's the premise and right. what's the show like. You know, yeah. so the, what's it about is gr- uh, you basically know. it's about a group of strangers who crash on a mysterious mm-hmm. island, mm-hmm. and the yeah, I mean, their attempt but to what get you off find- and yeah. Exactly, they the encounter out. mysteries, and they try not to die. Yeah. But what the show is really about is, as Carlton and Damon said, the meaning of life and what happens after we die. Yeah. So, <laughs> obviously, right? Um, yeah, yeah I, but I, I guess that's, that's not how you sell a show. That's you not should go watch that's... the show. It's about the meaning of life. No, as they sold it, it's a cop show. It's a law show. It's a doctor exactly. show. Exactly. Yeah, there's the pop version, zeitgeisty version of the show, and then there's yeah. what's going on. But anyway, I just thought that was an interesting thing I never thought of. Like, uh, the way I got, the way we got to the show is is very much, you know, akin to in how spirit with the show, in yeah. spirit with the show, yeah, yeah. It's and it's, probably it's, how people who are listening started watching the show, and probably how they started, uh, you know, listening to podcasts, you know, yeah, uh, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I never really thought about it that way. That it's that it's an example of that phenomenon, and also your reaction is. Yeah, because we, you know, the, there's people out there who got a pitch like that or some interesting pitch to the show, what it was about, and they didn't care, and yeah. they decided to move on the other side of the room, and those are the Rose and Bernards. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're retired from all that. No, we're done. Jack's trying to blow up the island again. Yeah. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. Um, Yeah, so it's definitely... uh, I love that aspect of the show, though, of just being able to illustrate various... It's a very analytical show. Like, I think you could actually take uh, someone who knows, like, game theory and have them, like, describe the show in, like, mathematics, (laughs) you know? Uh, because it's very, it's very analytical in terms of like, um, here's a catalyst and here's some variables and here's possible reactions and here's some randomness thrown in for good measure. And, uh, now what are the outcomes, you know? And then you get like 14 outcomes and those are your characters. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. It, it stands up to that stuff really well. Um, and uh, I think it's just it's just sort of like, I don't know. It, uh, I, I had never heard about the show. I mean, I heard about it from you, from this mm-hmm. person. So, you know, it's like it's like second level for me. I don't know mm-hmm. how I, you know, if they hadn't said that. You know, I, I mean, I guess I probably would have found it at some point because, you know, I have a general interest in that kind of TV, mm-hmm. you know, um, but TV wasn't even the same uh, when Lost was on, you know, um, you know, when it started. I mean, I think TV's gone through like a pretty big transition, um, you know, during the time that that Lost uh was on uh tv 2.0 and you know since it's been off like a lot of things are like (laughs) a lot of things that are the norm now um you know you just didn't find on very many shows yeah uh back then and uh you know there are things that you know i mean they had been on a few shows before but you know very rare and usually very like cult shows you know, but Lost was like a mega hit, super popular, you know, especially in the first season. So mm-hmm. it just, it just, it had a huge, and it's just like, I, you didn't, I think at the time we didn't realize what, where, you know, I, at least I didn't realize like how significant it was. Well, as Rembrandt said, who can recognize great art during the time it is made? Yeah. Well, thank uh, he you, probably Brad. said it in Italian. Is he Italian? Uh, no, I think he's, uh, I don't remember, Dutch or something? Oh, Dutch. Maybe, or Belgian? You can't put a D next to a T and not be Dutch. <laughs> All right, I, I'm going to check before. Yeah, Dutch, Dutch. That mm-hmm. was right. Good. Woo, that was kind of a guess, so I'm glad I was right. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was secretly in my brain mm-hmm. and... I call, I thought it was a guess, but it was actually a memory. Yep. Hard to know. Hard to know. Like the flashbacks on Lost. Are they <laughs> guesses? Are they memories? It's hard to know. It is. It is. Yeah. Again, that is, that is another thing, though, talking about truth and what you could know, which is nothing. Um, you know, the flashbacks. Like, we take those as actually happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is there proof? Do they happen the way they were depicted? Not really. I don't think so. I mean, it's hard to prove. I mean, how would you prove it? Not my job to find out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, to a certain extent, that's what Lost made me realize. Like, if you really want to say, like, definitively, you know, because all it takes, and shows have done this, all it takes is one scene of, like, a character waking up from a dream or something, and you can totally reframe and invalidate everything that happens you gotta stop talking about saying elsewhere before (laughs) i know it's your favorite 80s medical trauma and i mean even lost alluded to that with the dave thing Mm -hmm. you know the idea that it's just like it's just in hurley's imagination in the mental institution you know but it like how can you ever say that anything you see really happens, quote-unquote. Like, whatever that even means. Well, as the, 
as the Dutch philosopher once said, I think therefore I am. <laughs> now that guy wasn't Dutch. Oh damn it, I can't get this right. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I I think it's a I mean <laughs> <laughs> that's why there's philosophers who deal with this because <laughs> it's a very interesting question yeah. i yeah i just sorry i just for a second i got lost in how crazy that is just be like no you just can't i mean that's what gets me about politics and news and stuff you know um and i just saw you know um america's favorite british night night show host late night show host show low ho night host um uh John Oliver, you know, his his little segment on um uh, uh what was it medical um scientific uh studies. Oh right, yeah. Which is just yeah. like, you know, scientific study says uh yeah. farts re- farts reduce cancer. Right. You know, and it sounds like another one of my great jokes, but no, that was actually a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there, I, I think the study uh, wasn't didn't really say that, but it yeah, was reported that way. Yeah, and that's the thing. The study way. didn't say that. So that's my point is, is you know, I have been a victim of like, oh, that study says that? Well, I mm-hmm. trust scientists. I'm a yeah, liberal. Me I mean, why wouldn't I trust the scientists? Yeah. That's what the whole, you know, climate change debate is about. Do we trust science? Yeah. Um, that was the collective people shouting. And, um, so yeah, I mean, you, you want to believe that stuff, but even if the study study had said that or what, (coughs) excuse me, even whatever the study, um, concluded, you know, doesn't actually mean it's true. It just means that's what the study concluded. Right. You know, so even then you can't get at truth, you know, and that, again, that's, that's kind of going back to lost with, with, uh, with, uh, Daniel, you know, and that whole science, I mean, rewatching the show and, and understanding what the show's kind of really about on a, on a big, big level, like, it gave me a newfound respect for that whole move of bringing in a scientist to the island, a physicist. Yeah. Because you're like, well, if anyone can figure out what's going on here, it's a person who studies the nature of reality. Right. You know, I don't know why I use that voice. Um <laughs> And, you know, and he and he was stumped, you know, and I, and again, yeah. to me, like I now I get it. I wouldn't have thought this before, but that is the show saying, hey, guys, you can't know anything, especially in the island is a thing. So you can't know the island, you know, and it's just yeah. we don't want to deal with that. We watch stories to forget that inherent truth and reality because we know that. I mean, that's. Again, but going back, like that's why we tell stories is so we can try to understand how reality works. You know, if you if there is a famine, how do you grow crops? Let's tell the story about the greatest crop grower, you know, who grew all the crops during the famine. You know, <laughs> that's a horrible yeah. story, but I'm sure someone told it one day. The past. Um, you know what I mean? That 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 it's information being passed down that's useful to people. Um, and so if you have a story that's not actually useful, you know, it's just a weird thing to, to do to a story that basically, um, reaffirms that, um, it's, you know, life is inherently unpredictable and unknowable to a degree. So, yeah, the thing they did with Faraday was really 
Um, I mean, I think a lot of the audience, I mean, I think there's a segment of the audience that uh, really wanted, really wanted a more concrete sci-fi direction for the show. Yeah, I was one of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, me too, to a certain extent. Um, uh, you know, more like, uh, you know, like something that would happen on, on Star Trek or something where, you know, they, I mean, they, I mean, maybe, maybe the words make no sense, but they, they sort of give like a technical sounding explanation of, you know, all sorts of crazy things that show up, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, like, the idea that Faraday would come and say, like, oh, well, you know, this is clearly just a, you know, this the island is a whatever, I don't know, like, a, yeah. a, some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of famous scientist uh, bubble or something, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and he'll, like, he'll, like, figure out the secret, you know, but, yeah. uh, I mean, not only did he really not figure out the island at all, he just seemed kind of confused by it completely, but, you know, I mean, his big theory uh, that he, you know, really puts to the test by, you know, trying to get, you know, a, a, a nuclear device set off mm-hmm. um, was just totally wrong. Yeah. And it's in the moment. 100% wrong. <laughs> and in the moment and in the recent time after that moment, it really sucks. It really sucks that that happened, that he was wrong, because your reaction is, well, why are you wasting my time? Why did we go through all of this if nothing was going to happen? How can he be wrong? Now I don't like him because he was wrong. Yeah. He wasted, you know. But it's, yeah. a, it's a really interesting thing to, uh, in, a, in, a, in a storytelling way, communicate to the audience that science can't, um describe this thing um it's not something that usually comes up on tv shows uh the need to tell the audience that science can't describe uh, a fundamental part of the show yeah even on hardcore sci-fi shows um you know i mean obviously there's 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 that idea in like star trek and stuff you know, they get to a point where, sorry, sir, our scanners won't work. Right, right. But it doesn't, it doesn't really go as far as saying, you know, no science will work. Because right. usually what, what, what isn't working is them scanning a, a ship that's more advanced or something. Yeah. So you can have that knowledge, but we just don't have it. And then there's a few times where it's okay, you know, nobody really has it, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's such but a But usually weird they idea. figure out a way, you know, like the thing fails but yeah. they need to like reverse the tachyon emitter or or you know, they need to yeah. do some like special thing. Warp and, bubble. And then they yeah, there you go. And then they can like then they can scan mm-hmm. the thing or, or figure out what the thing is. I mean, usually they figure out what the thing is. I mean, yeah. rarely did a Star Trek episode end with like, Well, Captain, I don't know what the fuck that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like that's just not their well, style. Well, and, and the difference is also it wasn't really kind of the point of the show. It wasn't, yeah. You know, it was it was something the show did, but it wasn't like kind of the point. It wasn't one of the main themes. Whereas in lots, you have that that idea as a main theme of the show. Um, yeah, and it's just a weird it's just a weird thing to do. Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm glad we spent ten years talking about it. Yeah, and, and like, and like, I guess another contrast would be X Files, where it does do the like, well, I don't know what that was thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's not a, I mean, I guess, yeah, the, you know, the science, the science is there, but it, you know, there isn't necessarily a clear conclusion at the end. But I think the difference between the main difference between Lost and X Files is that. On X-Files, even if science can't explain it, we see it on screen. Yeah, and, and, you know, there is a genre for things that cannot be explained, and it's we are okay with it being unexplained, and that's mystery. That's fine. Um, you know, we, we definitely are comfortable with that, but when, when the kind of point is to say... Um, you know, I just, I'm just trying to think of a mystery, a classic mystery... Where, like, you know, like, Agatha Christie's murder mm-hmm. on the Orient Express. And, and like, uh, Perot is like, uh, well, this is a mystery that can't be solved. I tried to solve it, and it just can't be solved. Sorry, mm-hmm. guys. You know, sorry. It just, I tried. You brought in the expert to give you the information you need for this, and uh, it can't be done. Sorry. And in fact, I'm now confused by the whole pursuit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It just makes a lot of such an interesting show, and uh, and, uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, now I don't know if I understand anything anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I then just fell at this. It's like, well, what did I solve before? Did I ever, ever solve anything? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm questioning that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that thing where Daniel starts crying when he sees the, the fake A15 wreckage, I just, I'm, I, that always just comes back to me. as like, what was that about? And I wonder, mm-hmm. I always, not always, but I, I wonder if that was... Uh, some kind of weird temporal feedback loop of like that's how he's gonna feel after he's done dealing with the island. Right. It's like, right. oh god, I feel like this is gonna ruin my life. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, that's the best. That's the best guess I have for what that's about. It's a weird moment. It's mm-hmm. a very weird moment. I mean, his condition was. Uh, was was connected with the island somehow mm-hmm. um i think <laughs> um you know because he was born there or maybe not born there but conceived there yeah um you know and then taken away and i i think god now i'm confused again why why was he having so many problems was it was it the island or was it like his experiments or was it both? Yeah. Did he start experimenting on himself or something? Like he, he started having like all these memory problems and stuff. And I mean, eventually he's like institutionalized. Yeah. Did he kill, he killed Teresa. Oh yeah. The lab assistant or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then he went crazy. And then that's he saw what the, made him go crazy. And then he saw the island, and he got pretty normal for a while. Yeah. 
Uh, and then... Well, they, they sort of implied that being on the island, like, restored his, him. You know, because they, they had that scene with, uh, with him and Charlotte, uh, where, like, she's, like, trying to get him to remember cards or something. Mm-hmm. You know? And, like, I thought they were implying that you know, being back on the island was like bringing him back. You know, was that was I think that, I think like, even I think even Widmore implies that when he goes to visit him in the you know like institution or wherever he is. Is it like the island healed his brain damage? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's what they imply. You know, it's like being on the island. Yeah, restores him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why he's you know. Yeah, that normal. makes sense, I guess. Um, uh, but I, I'm not really confused. Why I'm I'm not really confused. I I am really confused as to why he got the the brain damage in the first place. Like, like did did, did was it just a side I think effect? He was, I think he was doing that that the constant tests on himself, the like time travel right. stuff on himself. And I think that's probably the idea is like something he he screwed up his consciousness and his brain and so he started having right. issues. Right. And um, and I mean his whole life is kind of wrapped up in this in this time travel. Oh, that's loop. interesting. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe he his experiments. Well, that's really I don't know. Kind of a similar thing, but like his experiments and at, at, at university. Is that right? Did I get it right, UK? You did. did I get I think. it right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, I we try to serve all our international audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, good job. Uh, and um, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the connection to that that moment when he's crying, watching the fake wreckage. Is like that's the moment that he connected to his self or something in the past. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make any sense. I was just trying to see if maybe he did a weird thing with like, uh, yeah. Uh, like the, he did the constant on himself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He constanted in himself. Yeah. Or maybe he started having flashes before his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it so seems like some saw, combination of those things. Yeah, I wonder if he saw he saw the wreckage and he had maybe a flash of the future, one mm-hmm. time, one time only. Right. There's a limited yeah. time offer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a weird moment, and I I mean the, I also sort of feel that way about Frank. It's a bit less weird. Maybe it's a lot less weird, but he was supposed to be the pilot. Mm-hmm. You know, for A15. Like, they play that as a big moment, and I never really understood what the significance of that was supposed to be. I I thought that was just about, uh, you know, one of the things on the show is just, like, random occurrence, and it just, you know, the idea that things would have been different if he would have been the pilot. Like, whatever that means, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, the plane wouldn't have gotten down. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I think it means anything more than, than, than that, that like feeling of fate or that feeling of, you know, like basically it's just another catalyst for interpretation, 
you know, he he might interpret that as great good luck or something, or like now he interpreted it as um, it means he has a destiny on the island and he was meant to go, but you know, he's he's entered his fate's intertwined with the island because this this coincidence happened, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the idea, um, but uh, I, in general, with the tail section. Um, you know, I think I think Charlotte's story is is a bit underplayed too. Um, I feel like that's one of the things. You know, looking back on the show as a whole, and you know, once we get into uh, season four, we'll talk about this probably ad nauseum. But I think the the writer strike happening in season four um, and like the impact that it had on the show is something that will always bother me. You know that that alternate yeah. universe where. That's that, Frank. Uh, yep, yeah, that's Frank. Not uh, flying the plane. Well, like yeah, like where that didn't happen. Yeah, I guess. Well, shit. I guess <laughs> you, you got Holland. Fuck. Man, that hurts. The but I'll still. I, I really still wonder, like, what what would have happened if Frank had been flying the plane? What would have happened if the writer strike didn't happen and we got the season four normal version? Mm-hmm. Because I know, I mean, it would have been a few episodes longer. I know that they planned for more tail section stuff in season four than we ended up getting. And they kind of carried it over to season five. Uh, but I still feel like it was kind of truncated. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, like they would have developed it more in season four, but by the time I got to season five, it was like, okay, you know, we can kind of cut to the chase on this stuff. And, you know, so I think the Charlotte thing is just like, yeah, she was there in the Dharm initiative. Like, that's it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, well, yeah, that last half is basically like, you know, even I think more than the first half of the show, it's all about like, okay, who were the people who actually have a, have a past on the island you know like yeah the beginning part of the show is people who had just recently gotten there and how they dealt with it and then the the last part of the show seems you know we encounter a lot of new characters who who actually have a past to do with the island i'm i was just thinking pretty much most of the new characters after season am i am i wrong about that like have some history with the island i mean most of the freighter people yeah i mean i think i think at some point in the story or maybe i just made this up uh, we'll see it's, i think at some point in the story it's implied that that those people on the freighter were chosen because of their past with the island yeah 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 so sure. so that you know so it makes sense that they would all you know I mean, at least the, the, you know, the main ones. I don't know mm-hmm. that Kimi necessarily had any past experience or um, the captain. How do you, how do you explain that, that part of the island that they call Kimi Cove? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you explain it. I think Two K's? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kimi Cove. Oh, God. Um, yeah, uh, I think that that's, it's definitely something they wanted to introduce. Uh, you know, they sort of had people who were there like already and have been there for a while, people who just got there. And I guess the next idea is people who left and then came back. Came back. Yeah. Three, three, three versions of the idea, which is what you would do if you're writing a show. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like, and it's a logical progression because, you know, you, you don't start with the people who uh, were there, you know, were there and then now they're coming back. Like, that's that's that wouldn't really work for the story. Yeah. You start with people who've never been there. You meet with the people who are there now and then you learn about the people who are coming back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think that, that that's I guess that's a theme of the later half of the show. I didn't really uh, I didn't really think about, but it, it, ten years later, still coming up with gems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's been an added bonus of uh, continuing the commentary series. Um, is yeah, just, like still random things that finding pop up. really specific and seemingly integral um ideas about what what was going on yeah yeah i i in terms of the rider strike i also think the like the other woman stuff with juliet and ben i feel like that's something that they must have been planning to do something more with but when the rider strike happened decided wasn't important enough to ever speak up again because mm-hmm. they never even remotely referred to it again. I just thought of a horrible overall idea of the show. <laughs> horrible in that it's it's very saccharine and sappy. Okay. Just, just <laughs> the island. Oh, God, it's gross. The island is um, is the heart of man, the heart of every man. Oh, no. I know it gets worse. I hate it already. And and the losties represent how we each try to understand ourselves and our own hearts and desires mm-hmm. with two major forces, good and bad, mm-hmm. Jacob and Man in Black. Right, right. And how sometimes we feel imprisoned mm-hmm. by uh, our you know, each force respectively. And that eventually we have to get to the heart of the matter. I don't know, heart of the island, per chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, make a decision to unblock what is stored in our heart, a.k.a. move the big rock in the light cave. Right. And then we will truly understand what we were meant to do and how to get what we should achieve. <laughs> now, the fact that oh my God. that's a plausible overall idea of the show makes me want to vomit. <laughs> but I also like that I just came up with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Lee Plausible. Whoa, look at that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, please let it not be true. But yeah, I mean, you know what? It's not invalid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to admit. But Lost is one of those shows where, you know, um, there's definitely room for throwing interpretations on it that's kind of what it's all about yeah when you have a show about interpretation everything's up for interpretation (laughs) (laughs) and yeah it invites a lot of them and uh yeah i think that's you know that's been 
that that provides a lot of fodder let's say yeah to the, to the point that uh yeah that's uh, you just came up with a new theory <laughs> um of the whole show which is ridiculous that is ridiculous. um <laughs> it took us 10 years to get the old theory we had two minutes yeah. ago yeah here's another one <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> wow <laughs> it's ridiculously on point i'm trying to i'm trying to now poke holes in it um <laughs> now i'm playing devil's advocate against my own ideas so uh yeah i don't know maybe maybe it's just broad and specific enough to to be to be true but um it's like a good a good uh horoscope yeah, and I, and I mean, I guess good stories can work on multiple levels. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's possible that you know you can you can read it that way, but that isn't necessarily the show is also about you know other things. <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. You know about the way that people in your past affect you and how you feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And how if you bury things, um, they might explode. Like, I don't know, Black Rock. Mm-hmm. And um, about how uh, you must, uh, yeah, how you have to, you have to seek the mysteries of your own desires and wonder if you're walking the right path. And there will be people who who try to uh, persuade you and get you off your path. Um, and the only way to, to find your path is, is at the heart of the island. The worst. Um, well, I think that's what's really interesting about the show at, uh, in the end is... Um, it's just got all these moving parts and layers... Yeah, and and it's really easy to, like, you can get pulled into so many little aspects, dissecting them and what they mean. Mm -hmm. Um, There's there's just, there's really a lot of room for that, Um, even within the, the, you know, the larger framework that I think is, you know, is pretty set and, like, pretty clear uh, that, you know, a lot of the show revolves around those those basic ideas of, um, you know, like truth and knowledge and interpretation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, I guess it goes naturally with that. That well, then you know, that's what you're doing when you're watching the show. Yep, yeah. you're trying to find the truth and by interpreting it. Yeah. And having your own interpretation and, and meaning, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think there just there aren't that many shows that that really uh <laughs> that hit that point so thoroughly. Yeah, because when Ellie McBeal wins a case, she wins a case. <laughs> yeah. Regardless how old the reference is. Yeah, and I guess I guess that's you know that's how I feel about X Files. It's sort of like yeah, they can't explain with science like what just happened, but you know, it's there's aliens, 
Yeah, like, but, th- but there's aliens, y'all. There's no question about that. Um, it's not. There's no room to be like, well, maybe they just think there's aliens, but mm-hmm. actually, it's it's like mother oh. mother told them there were aliens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I could imagine a lost version of the X Files. You could do that show. It would be a really weird show that yeah. I don't know how many people would want to watch, but you would could do be, it. Would it be Twin Peaks? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of would be, I guess. It would be a lot more like Twin Peaks, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I think uh, uh, I, I mean, I still find myself drawn to. I think, well, everybody knows this, right? Like, certain things about Lost just uh, keep, I just, we just keep coming back to them and revisiting Mm -hmm. them and trying to work them out. And, like, we come up with a thing and it's like, yeah, it's that. And then, you know, a few podcasts later, it might be like, well, maybe there's this other thing or, you know, maybe we should revise that or whatever, you know, like, it's, it's like a constantly evolving process. It 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 it, it, it makes me think of a uh, a, a four dimensional hypercube where. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? <laughs> it's funny because I'm being serious and it's ridiculous <laughs> that I'm serious and you were right to laugh. So... I mean, I believe you, but it's just that's a sentence you don't hear very often. <laughs> We're talking about a TV show. Makes me think well, of a four-dimensional no, no. hypercube. You really? can't really understand loss unless you understand higher dimensionary <laughs> mathematics. Um, no, just the idea of a, you know that extra dimension in a hypercube makes the sh- you know if, if we were trying to see it in three dimensions, it would make it uh, move in a way uh, in which that it's actually kind of station. You know, it's like um, how do I describe it? You've you've seen animations of 4D cubes, right? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. where it, it's moving when it exists, you know, it, yeah. because when you're seeing it in three dimensions, that extra dimension means you're seeing rotation and translation and and yeah. uh, all that stuff. Uh, I just pulled out some words. Wow. And um, and uh, so so to me, that's what it's like. It's like trying to catch it in a in a, in a snapshot and saying, okay, this is what the show is. It's what this 4D cube looks like in this instant. But then if you let another instant go by, well, now it looks like something different. And so I think you, you it's kind of like trying to catch that 4D cube at the right moment to say, in our 3D world, which is, you know, analogous to us describing the show, um, what it actually looks like, what it actually is, you know, um... I always love that stuff that we've talked about before about what things would look like in different dimensions, you know, so mm-hmm. a a cube, which is a three-dimensional object, what that will look like in two dimensions is a, is a square, you know, and so, like, the idea of yeah. that, you know, trying to describe something when you don't have the right uh, language, really, to describe it, um, and especially this thing, like you're just saying, like it's always kind of changing in a way. It's it's like morphing. You can't pin it down. That's why we keep coming back to it because you can't come up with a real specific theory or explanation of the show that encompasses everything. You know, you can you have to go a couple steps higher and more in general and yeah. leave out some things. 
Yeah. And to find the major themes and stuff. But it is, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's really weird. Yeah. 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 That's the only way, that's the only way that, you know, seems to me to have any chance of really working. Cause I think, yeah, I think the show is, is just not designed to have a good all encompassing like theory that explains all of the specific details. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's not the kind of show it is. I think, yeah, it works really well thematically and the the overall like a structural kind of theory of the show is like really solid. Mm-hmm. Um but you know with individual stuff you, you it's a case by case basis. Like you just have to take the individual things and you know maybe some of them connect to each other but um there's there's it's it's very unclear to me that we can reduce all of the strangest on the show to like one concept. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, that would be speaking of mathematics, like some trying to get you know an equation for everything in the universe. Yeah, you know, like exactly. And if hey hey, if we can't do it, no one can. There you go. That's that's. <laughs> Spoken like an American. <laughs> yeah, right? Take that, science. <laughs> Stop trying, guys. We couldn't do it for Lost. How can you do it for the universe? Exactly. Just don't bother trying. You You're not going to unify quantum mechanics and general relativity. It just can't be done. Sorry. No. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Give up already. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think that was an interesting conversation. Um, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, we brought up 40 cubes, so anytime that comes if up, that's, if that's not intellectual stimulating banter that everybody wants about a show that's been off the air for several years, I don't know what it is. I should mention my favorite thing. Maybe I already talked about it. If you know which podcast I talk about this on, please let me know. Uh, because I have no idea. Uh, is uh, not cubes, but um, like circles and spheres and stuff. Because mm. um, I think I think if you think about um, if you think about a three dimensional cube, like running it through two dimensions, like you're just gonna see kind of a square, and it's gonna be the same square the whole time. But yeah. if you think about like a sphere, a three dimensional sphere, and running it through two dimensions, what you see is a point, and then like circles getting bigger. And then circles getting smaller, and then a point, mm-hmm. and then that's it. That's sort of a picture of the sphere, you know, moving through time. You have to have time to understand that. But, yeah. you know, as you see the circles changing in two dimensions, you get a kind of picture of what the three-dimensional sphere is. So for a four-dimensional sphere, uh, that's that's how you would see it. It's sort of a point, and then a three-dimensional sphere getting bigger, reaching a certain, you know degree yeah. of size and then shrinking again down to a point and that gives you an idea of what a four-dimensional sphere looks like so if you're ever out on the, on a night walk and you see a cube appear in space as a point and then get bigger <laughs> and then get smaller back to a point again you have just seen a hypercube congratulations Please get a selfie with it <laughs> and put it on Instagram. You will get like a hundred followers. Oh my God. No, you'll get more than that. Neil deGrasse Tyson will love you. 
Um, oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure he loves it. Um, yeah, that that's that's all very interesting, Justin. I think it's a fun one, uh, you know, because it, it's a little more vivid. Because unfortunately, mm-hmm. like for for a, a cube, like a four dimensional cube, we would just see a three dimensional cube. You know, I mean, you could put colors on it or something to understand that it's like it's not the same cube every mm-hmm. time. It's like a, a sort of you know range of cubes, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. like glued together. Um, yeah, that's what's weird. That's what's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you but if you think about going from three to two, you could kind of understand how that works because you see all the squares, like slices, like stacked together, make up the three dimensional cube. You know. Yeah. That, the analogous thing happens in four dimensions. It's not easy to visualize, but you know we live. We just don't live in. You know, the universe just doesn't uh, make it easy. We're not designed to visualize that. Stop pressuring so, us to make this a reality. It's, just, it's too hard. It's just too hard. Our eyes don't like that four-dimensional well, thing. Well, we didn't evolve to uh, perceive four dimensions because it wasn't exactly. inherent in our survival. Not at all. And it really, and the fact that we even have any kind of handle on it is, uh, you know, is great. Yeah. Especially a whiskey handle. Oh, <laughs> don't know what that means. I don't either, but I it, yeah responded like it was a sick burn. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's been it's been a very interesting ride. Ten years, we're still not done. Uh, we have Definitely. three more seasons to do commentary on. Yeah. If you're wondering, it has been going slow because Justin and I over the ten years have gotten busier. Um, yeah, and I think we had uh, a little less going on in our lives when the podcast started. Yeah, being so, being younger, a little less going on. Yeah, just a lot, little more free time, a little easier scheduling, and you know, a little yeah, more ability to just kind of do this all you know for huge lengths of time all the time. So yeah, it's it's trickling out right now, um, but. Uh, but yeah, we have every intention of uh, completing the show. You got to do it. And, yeah. Uh, it's you know it's it was sort of a natural pause point anyway because I think you know seasons one through three versus four through six is like a pretty clear mm-hmm. division. Um, yeah, part one and part two. Cause yeah, cause once we get into season four, like we're we're it opens up this whole can of worms that is the second half of the show. Mm-hmm. you know and it's sort of like we can put aside a lot of stuff from the you know blast or map there's a lot of stuff from the first part of the show that starts to seem irrelevant because we have so many problems so many new problems and those problems are time traveling mm-hmm. yeah it's uh definitely gonna be fun to get to get through all that stuff um and then I think we'll be done with the podcast proper. And, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, my goal really is just to finish this thing before they reboot Lost. <laughs> I don't want to be still podcasting about the original Lost if there's a new Lost coming. Yeah, that would be really weird. And they probably will reboot it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's pretty ripe for that. But, 
the likely scenario seems like they will reboot it in such a way that they lose the thing that was good about the original show. If history has told us anything, uh, rebootions, as I like to call them, uh, don't don't usually have what the original had. They'll preserve the superficial elements that didn't yep. really matter that much. And yep. they'll uh, convince you with teaser trailers that. Uh, it's the show you liked and loved all those years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll still watch it out of curiosity, but... Oh, yeah, I watch it every week. It's <laughs> it's very doubtful that it'll be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at this point uh, in our 10 years of podcasting about Lost on the Lost Lowdown... How many hours have oh. we podcasted? Oh, yeah. wow. We saved a surprise reveal. I know. Um, so, uh, yeah, this this uh, document was started a long time ago, and finally uh, it's been updated to the, the most recent one we did. I guess it uh, doesn't include this one, because I don't know how long this one is yet. Yeah, um, it, can't, it can't by nature definition include this one, but... But uh, up till before this one started. Yeah, which was uh, what up to podcast one four fifty four. Yep, that right. Um, we have podcasted for a total of six hundred and sixteen hours, fifty four minutes, and fifty eight seconds. Nice. So yeah, six hundred hours. That's I mean, what is that like? Uh, uh, what are we looking at? 616 is uh, 25... 25.6... 25 and two-thirds uh, days. So, yeah, wow, that's a not lot. Wow, not, not even a whole month yet. I thought not it even, a month. Not even? Not even a whole month. I don't know, by you, but... Is that not a... <laughs> Call me when we get to, to 720, I guess. 720 hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. If you do 30 days... Uh, most likely we will get there. Okay, maybe we can do like a like a like a February month, like twenty eight, six hundred seventy two hours. Now I think based on the pace we're going, um, yeah, I I I think we probably will make it. We probably will just make it to uh to a month's worth. I would guess. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just kind of threw some calculations out there with my calculationer, and I think, you know, 16 episodes left. 16 episodes left? What? I mean, time, sorry, 16 episodes a season times three seasons. Okay, okay, okay. 48, and if we spent two hours on each one, which is maybe conservative, that's 96 hours plus 616 is 12. That's pretty close. That's pretty close to... Yeah, that is pretty close. Divided <laughs> um, <laughs> by 24. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They got to get that three. So, you know, we go long on a few of them. We average two hours. Yeah. We'll end up pretty close. And that's not including this one. And it's not... Hey, hey, that buys us an extra couple hey hours. Hey, now. Hey, now. You're a rock star. Get the oh, game. God. Oh my god. All star? Rockstar? One of them. If if any of you like watching YouTube videos, um 
there's this guy, uh, I forgot his name, uh, who's on YouTube who does like music reviews. He's like the music nerd or something. Yeah, Anthony Fantano. There you go, Anthony Fantano. Yeah, so I found this guy, and he did this thing. uh, I guess it was like some kind of talk or presentation at some uh, college somewhere. Um, It says on the video. Anyway, it's like this in-depth analysis of the lyrics of All Star uh, by Smash Mouth. Wow. And he did it in such a way that I could not tell whether he was serious or not. Mm-hmm. I really could not tell. He might have been 100% serious, or it might have been a complete, like, mm-hmm. like you know, that's, deadpan comedy. I really don't know. That's, that's my shtick. <laughs> What's he doing doing my thing? <laughs> but, Come like, on. it's really weird how well it stands up to analysis, the lyrics of that song. That's great. Um, like, I was shocked. Like, and how much meaning he pulled out of those lines. So anyway, if you wanna, if Wait. you wanna like watch that, you might. Well, like... yeah, all that glitters is gold. Why? That that's not a true statement. <laughs> true. So how did he? How did he defend that? I don't. I don't remember specifically. He might have. He might have pointed that, out that, that it's not line true. Maybe that's in part the of song? the point. I don't even know if that's in the song. I it, it is. It is. Okay. It is. All the glitters is gold. Uh, only shooting stars break the mold. Oh, gold mold. One of yeah. those. One of those. One of those couplets. But yeah, yeah it, I never really took the song seriously. And uh, yeah, then I heard that. And uh, it made me think twice. Even though I think it might all be a joke. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back street? Now you're sounding like the video. I mean, you'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. We were waiting for it. Um, you might know if someone who went told you about it. And um, mm-hmm. you might shine uh, if you reflect other objects instead of glowing internally. Wow. So, you know, I'm just saying, it's not it's not scientifically factual. All right. Interesting. Boom. I smashed their smash mouth. You sure did. Uh, but yeah, back to LLD. Um, I, I do love that stuff. I love, you know, I don't have to say it. I just did it earlier. Um, I do love that stuff. Um, but yeah, okay, so we might get to like 30 days, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then, then, obviously. Cool, insane, a waste of time, whatever adjective you want to use. I would say once we, once we get there, you know, and we end the podcast, I think the obvious next step is like the last lowdown 30 day challenge. Can you listen to oh my God. the entirety of the podcast in 30 days? Well, you can't. <laughs> No, I mean, you can't listen to it while you're sleeping. Does sleeping count? Oh. You can't make time go faster. Can you Can you not, like, stay awake for a month? Is that not doable? <laughs> oh, man, only on the island. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's the only... that there. I love that idea. That's such a great idea, 30-day challenge, but not in 30 days. Maybe it's too challenging. <laughs> um... God, how long would it take to even download all of it? 
Do you well, have? You know, uh, <laughs> I do have stats for uh, how much space, uh, disk space, this uh, podcast takes up. It looks like it's. 14... Hey Justin. Hey Justin. What? How much podcast space does it take up? How much disk space does the podcast take up? Well, I'll tell you. It's 14,406 megabytes, which would be 14.4 gigabytes. So, if you were on a 100 megabit Fios cable fiber optic connection, uh, you could, uh, let's see, then carry the one. Um... <laughs> To not carry the one. I carry two ones. (laughs) (laughs) They were both very heavy. Um, It looks like it would take 1128.48 seconds. Let's see. uh, Second. Yeah, that's seconds. Um, And then it's all in my head. And. Divided by uh, the hours would be 60, and then another 60, times 60, 18 minutes on a 100 megabit Fios connection. Wow. 10 years of our life in 18 minutes. (laughs) That's a good bargain, folks. Uh, I'm just saying... uh, now I have to do the now I have to do the math. Not eighteen seconds. Did I say eighteen seconds? You said yeah, eighteen yeah. minutes. Eighteen minutes, sorry, yeah, eighteen point eight minutes. And um well, you know, uh this times <laughs> that's how many Hour minutes and day times three sixty five times ten five million two hundred fifty six thousand minutes and ten years <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah so eighteen point eight divided by that would be um point zero 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 three five seven six um something <laughs> what are you computing the rate i guess the ratio yeah 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 the ratio so it took us it took us 10 years to get well you could download in 18 minutes mm-hmm. i mean not really we weren't doing this 24 hours a day for 10 years but um <laughs> so i guess that my calculation is luckily <laughs> just just like lost all calculations are oh made. you brought see it I, home see what i did there guys i brought it home wow. we brought this home several times yeah it's true it's we're true. the home we're the home bringers keep going home again yeah what are we a border collie um i don't know what that means uh cool so what else are we talking about in this podcast did we wrap up our our first segment <laughs> that was our first segment, folks. That was our first segment? Uh-huh. What's our second segment? That was just the intro. <laughs> now we'll start the podcast. Oh, so the podcast starts now. Yeah, yeah. yeah so let's sorry. podcast about... What are we podcasting about now? Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that Tyrion. He's such a Lannister. He is. 
Um, okay, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it. You know, we just kind of wanted to um, do a quick, sort of quick little podcast just to kind of recap some of the, uh, you know, history of the show. Check in, we, celebrate. Check yeah. in, do a little something something. Speak in uh, general, speak about other shows. Um, yeah, there's a, uh, so, you know, there's been, it's been a lot of fans along the way, especially in the beginning, and... You know, um, we can't have a podcast in 2016 and not talk about uh, Vince and Steven still hanging in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rax of Ace. Oh, yeah. How you pronounce that? I feel like it's French. How would you say it in French? <laughs> Wait, I'm going to have to see it. Because, uh, like, in my head, it was different letters. Uh, R-A-X-I-V-A-C. Raxivas. Roxy Vase. Okay. Something uh, like that. Just posted in the forum. Hey guys, you curious where you can get in on all the furious lost chatter on the internet and uh, talk about your favorite podcast, The Lost Lowdown? Justin, where could they go to uh, find such a hub of the internet? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um,. Uh, like the blog, or <laughs> I love the setup that <laughs> you don't know the, your response. Come on, man. Sorry, I think they should go. Probably the best uh, way is to just go to uh, thelastlowdown.com. Uh huh. Um, but what if they want to really get in the mix of where people are talking uh, ideas and uh, formulating? Uh, stratagems. If you um, want to mix it up on the forum, then you should go to uh, tlld.net or, like I said, you can go to lostlowdown.com and click on the link for the uh, for the forum. Oh, right there on the right. Forum, how fancy! Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's a very nice forum. Uh, um, and uh, you know, when I was a kid, I always hoped I'd grow up and have a forum. <laughs> Really? Because when I was yeah. a kid, I didn't know what a forum was. Yeah, no, I was a weird kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Santa That's Claus, nice. can I have a forum? And he's like, get this kid off my lap. You talk like that. He was a weird Santa Claus. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're, you're bad, Santa. <laughs> he got fired soon after. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's been it's been fun over the years. I mean, I just, again, you know, going back to how we started this, the idea that 616 hours, Jesus, imagine what we could have done with our lives. Yeah. How many businesses could we have started? Uh, well, probably a lot. And just for the record, uh, Lost Lowdown isn't a business. <laughs> you haven't been getting your paychecks? Okay, <laughs> goodbye. The podcast's over. All right. <laughs> I mean, it was my understanding that Lost Lowdown recently became a limited liability corporation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Am I wrong yeah. about that? Yeah, the liability is so limited that it doesn't include you. It's very limited. <laughs> or maybe the liability is so limited it does include you. Who knows how LLCs work? It can work know. both ways, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't do it for the money, folks. We didn't do it for the money. That's one thing we can say. Yeah, we're still not sponsored. We're still not sponsored by Audible. 
the original indie podcast. We don't need you to go download <laughs> a free audio book if you sign up for a free trial. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you in a calm, soothing voice. Please sign up for our Audible podcast. The first podcast is free at audible.com. If you like, click and subscribe. Like a certain Sam Harris does when I try to listen to his intellectually stimulating podcast. He has a podcast. He does podcasts. It's great. Is it called Harris Cast? Uh, no, it's called uh, Sam Cast. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. With with uh, Harris. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, no, we we won't. We haven't made you buy anything. Um, yeah. And now I feel like we're trying to guilt them into giving us uh, money for the past work we've done. I mean, Just for, yeah, like for all who, we haven't made you do. Like, who works 616 hours for free? I mean. Yeah. What kind uh, of morons? What kind of sadistic, self-centered. Not sadistic, masochistic. Oh, then we're saying two different things. I'm trying to blame the audience for me. Oh, the audience is sadistic. Hard. We're masochistic. Yeah. If if we don't if we don't get anything from you, you know so, how I remember sadistic and masochistic. What? You know how I remember which one is sadistic and which one is masochist, masochistic? No. Except for just remembering it. Mm-hmm. Uh, M masochistic. M me. Wow. There it is. You welcome, folks. See what we do here. Wow. See what we do here. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, so did we give out the address for the, the mailing the money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can mail it to uh, 108. Yeah. Did you get a pen? Did we, Please, do we need to give him a moment to get a pen? Please take a moment to get a pen or pencil, but a pen is preferred. Please use a pen, because if you use a pencil, it might get erased, and then we won't get the money. And if you use a Sharpie, be sure there's enough paper underneath and you're not writing on perhaps a family heirloom made of Oh, wood. yeah, that, that would be really insane. bad. Do and that. also, like, don't write with a highlighter. Like, don't that's a really stupid thing to do. I no. hate when people write with highlighters. We don't want your money if you write with a highlighter. Yeah, you just send it back. Send it back. Don't even send it. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry. Don't send it. Just stop where you started. Yeah. Put it back in the bank. Put it back in the bank. If it was in the bank. <laughs> or put it in your sock drawer or wherever you happen to keep your money. You are about to write a 90s pop hit. <laughs> <laughs> put it back in the bank. <laughs> if it was even in the bank. <laughs> Maybe put it in your sock drawer. Yeah, I think Ace of Base would love it. And uh, you know, some people don't like banks. I mean, you know, I don't want to presume. Credit union, perhaps hey, use a credit hey, union. Hey, I'm a credit union guy. Hey, so a lot of great people are credit union guys. You, you, know? you know what my bumper sticker says? <laughs> what? <laughs> Community first, and uh, that's. Oh what i believe in and that's the name of my credit union yeah wow nice yeah you know keep it local 
Mm-hmm. Keep it, uh, you know, whatever. Hey, hey, Dodd Frank. Am I right? Dodd Frank, anybody? Dodd, hey, Dodd? Dodd dash Frank people. Dodd? Let's not have another financial collapse. Because not Todd. Put, no, not Todd. Not Todd Frank. It's Dodd. Dodd. What happened with Dodd? Poor Dodd. Dodd died. <laughs> did, did Dodd die? Dodd did die. <laughs> oh, man. This is getting a little ridiculous. Now we see why there's 616 hours and not, and not like a tight 40 hours. Um, Where we could have given the same content, but without the... Without the, all the extra fat. Additional... I was going to say flair or, mm. you know, the accoutrement, if you will. <laughs> yeah, when I buy lean chicken, I like it to be 98% accoutrement. <laughs> Most people think that's, you know, maybe waste, but those of you who are listening know that's actually the good part. That's the part you want. It's the part with all the flavor. That's where all the magic happens. Mm-hmm. The nutritional part, sure, you want that. Yeah. That's got to be in there. I mean, you got to have that. Or what's mm-hmm. the point? What's the point? But... Why are you eating it? But you want a taste and you want the flavor. Exactly. So you want an extra five hours per podcast. Mm-hmm. That's clearly what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're still listening to this, you really want it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you might have a problem. You might need to seek professional help because we're pro- we're podcasting from a mental asylum. <laughs> and these episodes have never been. Oh broadcast. man, that would be a great reveal. Wouldn't it be a great for the reveal? Of the last <laughs> we're like we're like two people in a mental institution with a wall between us and like a vent, <laughs> and we just create it lost, and then we created a podcast about it. Wow. Man, that that's a show I want to see. <laughs> yeah. I would watch that show. <laughs> Man, the guards are like, why are they doing a podcast and waiting in five months before they do another one? That's weird. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, clearly we're, we're out of things to talk about. Um, Is it? Is it clear, or, or are we out of things to talk about? <laughs> it was ambiguous. Um, I'm not even sure which one I meant. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably both, or neither. Both or neither, or both and neither at the same time. There you go. That can be an. We learned from the leftovers that can be an option. That does happen. Yeah, it used to be both, but now it's neither. Right. <laughs> yeah, you love. That's it's great. When it's, it's funny. There it is. There it is again. The four, the the hypercube, right? Like you said, like the idea of time as a factor and, mm-hmm. and trying to understand it. So yeah, yeah, like that's the thing you don't get. Like, is it A or is it B or is it C? And it's like, well, C is actually B after A. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a weird one. It used to be. It yep. used to be A. Mm-hmm. Then it was B. Yeah. So now what is it? Because now when, when we show you B and we show you it used to be A, they're broken both times. I right. Like <laughs> yeah. And if we're speaking to uh, metaphorically, think about, uh, you know, 
um, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, yeah. temple, you know, that's yeah. classic example of uh, the healing temple. Did it did it heal people? That's a. Did it not heal people? That's yeah. b. You know, we and, of course never saw it actually heal someone no. properly. No. Um, we were told that it did. Yep. And we saw it corrupted. Mm-hmm. When we first see it, it's corrupted, and so you can't really tell how it was supposed it's to. It's already work. corrupted. God, that's yeah. That's God. That's such a lost thing to do. You know what it is? Is a, is a very simple example. It's like cutting to uh, a, a a a cake on the table. <laughs> And you, two people are sitting next to the cake. The cake has clearly been eaten. And one person says the cake was good, and one person says the cake was bad. Yeah. That's, that's what Lost is like. <laughs> no, not, not the cake was good or the cake was bad, but that the cake was eaten. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the action. Yeah. Yeah. One, one person says, I ate the cake, and one person says, you didn't eat the cake. Mm-hmm. I don't know who ate the cake. Who ate the cake? I don't even know if anybody ate the cake. Maybe the cake was already eaten. Maybe it was it just like that. It came looking like it was eaten. Yeah. How do you know it's not that? How, why Why would you think it's not that? <laughs> <laughs> just because it looks like it was eaten and you've eaten cake. <laughs> See, now you're a part of the show. You're a holon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, we could talk about this show forever, and we have been... We, yeah, uh, we're doing a good job. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's definitely a weird thing to, uh, it's like a, it's like a merry-go-round that never stops. Yeah, I'm really excited to get into the, you know, part two of the show, because, you know, um, I think we, we got a lot out of revisiting part mm-hmm. one, you know... I mean, it kind of exploded the whole show for us, I think. Um, but I think it'll be super interesting to go into part two, because I think part two is home to, you know, most of the major issues mm-hmm. <laughs> that the show has to offer. Because um, I think most of the, like, things that really bother us that have already happened, you know, up through season three, are things that are connected with stuff that really comes into play in part two. Yeah. Like the cabin, for example. Oh, man. Oh, man. Maybe we'll finally realize why Kate was in that tree, and then I'll be like, oh, man, we get it. Oh, yeah. Kate in the tree. Oh, man. If Faraday had that theory, it would have been impressive. Right? No, we're not variables. We can't change the past, but I can zap you to the future. Mm -hmm. But Kate's going to be in a tree. Some people might be in a tree. Genius. Yep. Because we came from the sky. Right? That's clearly what that means, is they drop from the sky. (laughs) It does seem like that's what it means. Right? Which makes no sense. No, it makes no sense at all. They were not, like, in the sky Mm -mm. in the past, of course. They didn't parachute from an airplane. Yeah. Ah. Wait. So, hold on. When they time-traveled... Uh oh. 
they time travel to the same location, right? They do, they wouldn't like time travel and then like, oh my god, we're in a different part of the island, all of a sudden. Like that's it. I don't remember. Right? I don't remember. Man, I don't remember. Okay. But I believe so. Yeah, I thought it was the same place, and they weren't just like, oh my god, somebody's in a tree now. But I don't know. Maybe it was different because of the explosion. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe the explosion, like, before it zapped him out, like, it, it like, threw Kate into a tree. Is that too ridiculous? Well, my, my, well, if she would, my, mm. <laughs> the only, <laughs> the only thing that makes me think that's not true is, um, I would want to believe that if they were all hit with any of the force of a nuclear explosion, mm-hmm. that they would be more than get just more stuck than in stuck a tree. In a tree. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. The, I think the explosion should have warped reality or whatever, opened a Higgs boson tunnel Uh-oh. or something. What? Einstein, sorry, I meant Einstein, Rosen, Bridge. Excuse me, nerds. You, we will consider excusing you at a later time. Oh, at a later time, not now. (laughs) Oh, man. So now it's up in the air whether or not I've been excused. For now, you remain unexcused. This has become a thriller. (laughs) I don't know how the outcome will be. If you see us two more times. (laughs) Oh, man, I love that. (laughs) Oh, man, if you do good. If, yeah, if we excuse you, you will see us one more time. One more time. You're not excused. You will see Two us one more time. time. Oh, I love that. Uh, love the greatest. That. Yeah, that's a reference from uh, Mohan Drive. And uh, it's one of the best things ever. Because it's going to be one time no matter what. And it's, it's not a relief. And you still don't know. And you still don't know. <laughs> you really might come the second time. <laughs> and that's what I love is it's already a threat. It's it's he's what he says is a threat. If he comes back the first time, that's already a threat because you yeah. still don't know what's happening, and yeah. it sets up a bigger threat for the next. Because then now you're yeah. really waiting. Yeah, now you really don't want him to come. That exactly that, that second time. It's it's a great. Oh man. And no one ever says that, you know, like, no that's really unique. Like, if you don't do this, I'll come see you two times. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. one says that. Yeah. Like, that's so weird. I love it. It's just such a weird threat. They just, they come once. They always come once. What was his line again, exactly? I think it oh, was... He was, talking, he was talking to Justin Thoreau's character, speaking yeah. of Thoreau. And he said, if you do good, I'll see you once. I think so. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I don't remember the exact uh, wording. Okay. Now, I'm just wondering if it if it's getting at some, like, cyclical idea, you know, that, that they're in some kind of loop or something. So if it if they get out of the loop, they'll only, only see it once. But if he's stuck in the loop, you'll see him that second time. Decision loop. Right. So... Yeah, uh, I mean, the IMDb, IMDb version could be wrong, but it says, he says, now you will see me one more time if you do good. You will see me two more times if you do bad. Mm-hmm, 
Yeah, that's that's classic Lynch. It really is. Uh, it really is. <laughs> Two more times. And it doesn't discount Damn. seeing him more times than that. No, not at all. Not at all. It's just, it's simple like if then. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say any more. Yeah, because every time he sees him, he could say that. Like, right. Every time he does good, he shows up and says, "You did good." Now, if you if you do good, right? <laughs> see me one more time. It's like, no, stop making me see you. Uh, yeah. So there was a couple of uh, quick um, little thingies. I don't know. You wanna you wanna just throw out maybe um your favorite um uh, oh what was the thing? Oh biggest pet peeve on Lost? I think that was a thing Vince proposed on the hub of the internet, T L L D dot net. Biggest pet peeve. Yeah, I think that was it. That's interesting. Hmm. How do you say pet peeve in French? Uh, I think it's bête noire. So black something? Black, black beast. <laughs> beast? Yeah. A pet peeve is a black bête beast. Noire. Those are completely opposite image images. <laughs> a pet peeve is a small rodent that you keep with you that annoys you mildly. They have a black beast. <laughs> they have a black beast. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's so weird. That's so crazy. Yeah. Or dark beast, you know. They're they're a little flexible about noir. Yeah, yeah. But just the fact that it's a beast. Yeah. Yeah, beast. I mean, you know, beast. How is... do you say uh how do you say monkey on my back? <laughs> oh god. Uh, you're really testing me. I don't. I don't know an equivalent expression for that. Okay. Um, I did specifically learn pet peeve because that comes up. But yeah, monkey on my back. Actually, what does that even mean? <laughs> uh, monkey on my back means uh, you know, you got something uh pushing you down, like something that won't let you alone. A, a burden. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd have to think about that. Nothing comes to mind for that. I mean, I could say it literally, and I could kind of describe it, but, you know, you want, like, a real phrase. Uh, yeah, no, it's cool. Um, so what's your what's your biggest uh, dark beast? I was thinking about it, and I have... I have a few. Um... I, I mean I definitely have I have more than a few pet peeves with the show. Um, oh, that's what we're gonna do. Try to guess each other's answers. And you're asking for the biggest. And I would say like for me, for me there's there's I I might be forgetting stuff, but when when I just think about it right now, there's there's kind of two things that come to mind. Okay, I'm gonna try to guess them. Okay. So one is the cabin. It's 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 definitely related to the cabin. I so I didn't I didn't quite say the cabin because I guess for me, you know, my pet peeves are specific. So, I mean, 
if if it were going to be the cabin, it would be a specific aspect of the cabin. And I would say that in a sense, one of them is a specific aspect of the cabin. And then my second guess would be, I want to say uh, Desmond's flashes and being wrong. Oh, that's a good one. I actually forgot about that one. Okay. Well, what do, what are your two? So my first one is just the the sort of inconsistency about like what really happened when Ethan kidnapped Claire and Charlie. Oh, of course. Like that's something that bothers me every time. There's there's sort of like the version they tell later in the camp. There's the version that Ethan tells later. And none of them really add up for me. Like, I can't picture the same story being described. Of course, that's very lost. Mm -hmm. But I sort of find it frustrating because it all goes on off screen. And um, I feel like I feel like I don't I don't have a clear picture of what actually did happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And and it just kind of bothers me. Um, I I still, you know, uh, I, I, I still think about that because that was that was kind of a you know uh a hidden part of the story for a long time and and Mm -hmm. even when they revealed it it was still hidden um (laughs) so the the other one i think that that kind of popped in my head that just and and i guess i pet peeve like this is something that kind of makes me angry um it's like fucking lennon running in and saying like nice you just you just killed the only thing that was keeping him out mm-hmm. and then dying and never explaining anything about what that means. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. So that one's connected to the ash and stuff. So, I mean, it is kind of connected to the cabin mm-hmm. in a way, but like just the bluntness of that statement, like such a clear expression of like, here's a fact and sort of, like no consideration for like how that's consistent with anything we saw before, even in that same episode. Like, why would he say that? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. It leaves so many unanswered questions and it's so quick. And it's like you, Lennon, you're going to, you're going to like introduce like problems before you die. <laughs> you're welcome. Like translator guy. Who's yeah. ma- like, what's, like I just yeah that drives me crazy. Nice. Uh, I think let's see. There's so many. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves, although it is part of the theme of the show, is just people believing things that they have no reason to believe. Uh, that's that's a big one. Um, Do you have a specific example of that or? It just happens um, so often that... Uh... Any, anything that happened with Locke, uh, I mean, you know, what I was going to say is, you know, Locke, um, you know, I get well, I guess kind of number two, in, in maybe number one, is, um, you know, Locke being used as a, as a punching bag um, with no redemption. You know, just oh, completely yeah, being defiled as a character. Um <laughs> and uh yeah. Yeah, yeah completely is 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 a thing i don't i don't really like yeah 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 that's a very good one it's a very good one 
the the believing things is uh, an ex- a specific example of the others. Just everything they did. Right. Just yeah. That's a good. Oh, one too. Jacob is something. All right, I guess we'll follow Jacob. Sure, whatever that why is. not? Let's devote until, our lives to him. And oh yeah. wait, who's here this week? Yeah, until his his uh, nemesis tells us, "Well, I'm gonna kill you if you don't leave." And we say, "Oh well." Oh well, never mind then. Never. Yeah, never mind then. Sorry. We'll follow you instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that annoyed. <laughs> I'm annoyed now thinking about. <laughs> Yeah, it's craziness. Yeah, that's oh my god, the others, the other, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good one, definitely. Nice. I'll also just throw in uh, the time travel paradoxes, mm-hmm. like unraveling that, and and like it's connected to the loophole. Yeah. You know, like just how that whole. How that whole story is supposed to, how we're supposed to imagine that played out from his point of view, you know. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a huge hole in the story that I really wish, <laughs> I really wish they had filled. Play that from whose point of view? Man in Black's point of view. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's not clear. Like he's he's like manipulating the time travel, but then he's in the past. Is Christian? Is he? You know what I mean? Like, how did that work? Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole prophecy of like, well, I know Locke is going to do this. So therefore I will plan to, you know what I mean? Like I sent Locke back and that's how I knew I sent Locke back. And, you know, like mm-hmm. that's that's the time travel paradox that of his loophole plan that I don't really understand at all what we're supposed to think. Yeah, the, the order going. is, you know, like when did he have the idea and like. How did he get the idea to manipulate time travel? And also just functionally, like, how does it work? Mm-hmm. You know, can past him, like, get in on the plan somehow? <laughs> you know, even if he has the plan in the future? Yeah. Uh, he's like, hey, listen, Smoke Monster. Uh, I'm also you. And um, mm-hmm. let's team up. Yeah. Yeah, like that's that's the sort of thing. Like you want you want to leave the island too, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll buy that past him would collaborate with future him, but you know, but I I just kind of want to see that. I I just want to I want some acknowledgement of how insane his plan was. Yeah, you know, um, because like when you really try to unravel it, it's like man wow, that happened on the show? Yeah. And it's sort of like, yeah, it did, but it kind of flies under the radar because it's just like, yeah, I found a loophole. <laughs> you know? And we don't really get any more than that. Just kind of a hint of how it might have worked. Mm-hmm. And, it, and and always from other characters' point of view. You know, I think I, you that's know, why we that can't It's it. all solved. I mean, not all, but like, the necessitation to uh, answer that to a great level of detail would be all solved if at some point early we, we hear a line that just says, um, well, only the leader of the others can kill Jacob. Yeah. Yeah, something right. like that. Yeah. Or only Jacob's followers can kill Jacob. Something like that. So we at least get, okay, 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 the whole point, 
was, you know, because it's, it's, if, if that's true, then we go, okay, well, his, his plan was to get someone who's gullible in position to be the leader of the others so that he can manipulate them into killing Jacob. That's a good, hey, it's a soap opera plan. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's not too crazy. And I feel like uh, that's basically true, but the missing piece is like, you know, it it doesn't seem like that mattered. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like that was like a lucky coincidence or something. It's like, really? <laughs> Wait, what was the lucky coincidence? That that he that he became the leader of the others. Oh yeah. You know, like it's sort of like like, he knew where Jacob was, you know, it's not like he needed uh, to be directed there. You know, he just needed someone who was willing to kill Jacob. Like, that's what it looks like. And well, it just... yeah, and what gets it confusing is I think a different story could have had similar elements, but then when he, when they get to Jacob's lair and uh, Man in Black and the guys of Locke is there with Ben, like, like man in black Glock is the one who tries to kill jacob because the whole point was hey he's the one who's in, in command of the others so he he, right. he he can now in a different body of the that would have made more sense as a loophole that would have made sense yeah. or or even if he tried to kill him himself and it didn't it you know it didn't work and mm-hmm. then ben kills him and fill in that scene like that yeah. but but for him to to do all of that work to become Locke, and then now the next part of the loophole is to convince Ben to do it. It's just so much. Yeah. It's so much that he didn't, like, he, I, I don't know, I think I'd have to really look at the timeline again, but the idea that he would have even known that Ben was around in the future to even be available on the island to kill him. Because, you know, he was off the island at a certain point. You know, and like Man in Black in the guise of Christian did tell Locke that he would have to die, but he didn't also say, "Hey, make sure Ben's back on the plane." Right. You know. Uh, now he did tell Locke to, that he had to go convince all the Losties to come back, but he never was like, "And make sure you get Ben to come back," because I really need Ben to come back because I'm going to convince Ben to kill Jake. You know, it's, so it's like it, the wires are so crossed. Right. Right. Not. I mean, not to mention the stuff I was going on about, which is just the 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 nonsense of time travel manipulation. Mm-hmm. You know, which like whatever his plan is, like manipulating time travel is just a crazy thing to to try to think about. Yeah. Like when he had the idea, and how he could execute it with time-traveling characters. That's what's interesting, though. Like, you know, you got... Obviously, this show's about sort of these, like, generalizations. So, like, our big ideas, you know. So, you know, we see Man in Black in the early centuries when, you know, Titus Wedelver's playing him. and, And he... He basically digs the well that becomes the orchid. Right. Uh... And he's, you know, so he's a, he under already understands the light and water that can control time travel. Yeah. So to me, that just says like, you know, if time travel is this like physical thing that you can control, then obviously that's that's like metaphorical. It's not time isn't water and light. 
you know. Um, so it's this idea that he had some control over the physical world in that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I there's whenever you introduce time travel on a plot line, it, it's so tough. It's so tough to figure out certain things. Uh, yeah. To say he didn't get a glimpse of the future at any given point and and start his you know right or maybe he saw the future when he when uh, he became the smoke monster right right yeah there is some mild suggestion that he can do that or yeah that he somehow perceives things that are going to happen mm-hmm Yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, that's um, oh, that that makes me think. Speaking of fate, that's another pet peeve of mine is the incident, like yeah. the idea that like the losties being on the island didn't actually mean anything for the incident. It wasn't like Jacob made it, you know, his whole loophole to save the world on the island. You know, is to like make sure I can get some people on the island who through a series of crazy events over several seasons will be in the right place and right time in the past to avert, right. you know, worldwide catastrophe. Yeah. It's not clear that that mattered. I guess that's alias. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. It's true. But yeah, yeah, I do. I do think the incident is, um, uh, kind of underplayed. Like it's it's uh, they they don't really address the significance of it. It kind of seems like it's just a plot device mm-hmm. to get them to come back to the future, you know. But it, the event itself doesn't seem like it has any major significance, even though like it should. Mm -hmm. Uh, but since they don't acknowledge it it's not really clear you know I think yeah my pet peeve about that would be that there's just no there's no real talk about that later Uh, Jacob doesn't mention it you know yeah well maybe another 600 hours we'll get to it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah alright man well I guess that's it for the podcast. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. And uh, stick around for the next 10 years. Hey. (laughs) Wow. It's going to take 10 years? (laughs) (laughs) That was my takeaway. Um, Yeah, but anyway... Here's to another 10, or possibly less, but maybe still 10. But anyway, it was awesome. Yeah, awesome. All right, thanks and namaste. Namaste and good luck.